Welcome to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, education, and more. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and also find us on all social media networks at Real Talk That Talk. And now, let's start the show. All right, let's go ahead and get this thing kicked off. Started off, first of all, everybody who's coming in right now, please make sure that as soon as you come in, you go ahead and click that like button. Do not wait to click the like button. Go ahead and click it right now, uh, you know, so I don't have to add to the whole whole broadcast. Also, please make sure that you go over to the YouTube page. If you're watching us, see, they got my camera again. If you're watching us on YouTube, uh, go ahead and subscribe to the network. If you're watching this on Facebook, though, go to YouTube and subscribe to the network. All right. This man went to a brick wall. <laughs> That's why he left because he wanted to find a sweet uh background picture. That's what he was. Nah, my internet drop. Yeah, I, I I do your internet drop. We said some everybody they go quan. There you go. <laughs> hey y'all, right. if you if you watch talk that talk, we got a fun coming together so we can get Quan updated to 200 megabit per second. Cause that TN ain't talking about nothing. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get this thing. See, I don't know what's going on with my camera. My camera's been doing this for the last. What is happening? It's been doing it for like the last three or four uh, episodes. And, and then I've, I've been on it all day. And then now all of a sudden it just don't work. But it's all good. We're going to keep moving anyway. So let's go ahead and get it started. Kicked off the right way. Did anybody, anybody, anybody catch any good stuff this weekend? I know the uh, Celebration Bowl was this past weekend. Anybody watch the Celebration Bowl? Dang, Smiths. Nobody watched the Celebration Bowl. Uh, well, then I will just talk about the Jamboree very quickly. And I thought that it was a good presentation on the, the Celebration Bowl Jamboree between the two organizations, um, Jackson State and South Carolina State. I think South Carolina did what South Carolina does, and I think Jackson State did what Jackson State does. And I, that's why I'm going to leave it. All right. But I guess nobody else watched it. So I'm not going to talk about it all day. All right. Anybody else catch up or anything, any, uh, anything good that happened this weekend, this past weekend? I ain't catch none from this weekend, man. But I, I caught a really interesting and, and good e- interview yesterday, man, with uh, what Meet Me on the 50 was doing uh, with Dr. Taylor, man, or Kendrick. I don't know. Is, is he Dr. Taylor? Sure. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know. I think he's just uh, Kendrick Taylor. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know him. I've never had an opportunity to meet that brother, but it was just good to hear some insight, man, for how he thinks. And I, I think that's a really interesting thing. So shout out to Meet Me on the Fifty. Shout out to uh, Dr. Taylor uh, at Southern. And it's also interesting, man, because there were a lot of perspectives that I think we share, you know, here on the show. And I think there's a lot of perspectives that are very eye-opening and insightful to see how, you know, other people think, man. I thought it was great. So uh, kudos to those two gentlemen, man, and keep doing it. Uh, What's in the best interest of our people and the culture, man? Yeah, did anybody else uh, happen to watch that interview yesterday? Uh, Quan or Myron, did I happen to catch that interview yesterday and meet me on the fifth? Okay. Uh, so I do want to say that it was definitely a great interview. Um, and I do agree that there were a lot of sentiments and I know me and you discussed it, but there are a lot of sentiments that, um, that Kendra Taylor shared, um, that were kind of more or less online with a lot of the things that we've said on the show specifically. Um, one of the things that, or one of the questions that I know that me and you talked about last night was it's really interesting how, 
Kendrick Taylor shared some of the same, you know, thoughts and views. However, it comes off when he says it, you know, it's like, oh, man, he's absolutely right. Whereas when you said, oh, dog, you terrible for the culture. He, he don't know what he's talking about. He trash. Um, and so I know that one of the, the conversations uh, that we had last night was um, it's not necessarily what he's saying. Uh, but it's the person who's saying it. Um, and so I don't know. Um, Sean asked what, what was said uh, last night that there were, were very lot, similar. He was a lot, a lot of great things, you know, from, you know, wanting his band to be a great band and what that expectation is from them to just overall how he thinks about music and stuff like that. I mean, obviously, you know, I had some different different opinions on certain things. You know, but at the end of the day, you know, I, the thing that stuck out to me the most that he said is what we've been saying on this show since the beginning. As black folks, we should be in this together. You know, like it, it shouldn't be one of those situations that where every time I see another band, I want to kill them or I have to dominate them. Like that is a, a unhealthy uh, relationship between our band programs. You know, I think where a lot of, I guess, my pushback comes from is, you know, the same way that that is true, we also have to be able to hold our people accountable in the moment. Like, we know that there's a lot of instances where, you know, maybe fans or members of our bands, it's been many times, like, we we got joked on at Prairie View because we held our people accountable, and it pops up every year. You know, it's a, a big joke every year. But it's what I was talking about on the last show. What There has to be a line of what's acceptable and unacceptable. So the trumpet section takes a picture and posts it online of them acting like they're peeing on somebody's bus. Like, how is that moving the culture forward? You know what I'm saying? So I think and we made them go apologize in uniform. So I think there's a lot of there was a lot of positive that came out of that conversation. And those two brothers, man, they seem like they you know, they are, they're both very sharp, you know, they're both members of the culture. So I think it came off as authentic, you know, but I think we have to have a space where it's okay to have dissenting opinion and then not become personal. You know, like that, I think that's my biggest issue with a lot of what I see online, especially with some of my comments, you know, oh, he must've been a fourth trumpet player. Oh, okay. (laughs) Whatever you say, you know, as if that's an insult too. You know, like only, you know, like you have to have lower trumpet parts so you can have a section sound, but that's a whole other conversation. But, you know, being able to disagree and uh, it not be personal and also being able to have a dissenting opinion to help move the culture forward. Everybody can't assume that every band is the best just because they like the band. It's okay to be critical of something to help it move forward and to love it. I love the Spartan Legion. I will always, you know, love the people I was in the Legion with. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to get online and bash my band. But in private conversations, you know, we have a lot of things where we would like to see the the Legion grow. But at the end of the day, the Legion's a great band. Southern University is a great band. Jackson State, all these bands are great bands. So that's what I was saying, Sean, when I said some of the positive things he was saying. That brother had a lot to say. He also had some things he didn't uh, agree with, and it sounds like both of them didn't agree with it, and it sounds like some of those things may have come off this show. But, uh, hey, 
you know, that's uh, part of being in a great culture is that you can have dissenting opinions. We all can't just be a monolith. So, yeah. All right. Bet. Bet. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and get the show started. Uh, I was about to say, I was about to say something bad. <laughs> I was about to say my up there petting her kitty. Uh, <laughs> oh, my bad. All right. Anyway, let's, let's keep the show going, man. Everybody, welcome to Talk That Talk. Where we have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. Please make sure that you go ahead and subscribe to the network. Also, as soon as you come in, go ahead and click that like button, all right? Also, if you're going to subscribe to the network on YouTube, make sure that you turn on notifications so that way you can be updated on everything that we do. All right, let's go ahead and move forward. Let's get our first question out there. And it's actually going to be somewhat in line with uh, what you were talking about already. Um, so I did catch that interview last night. Uh, Rick, you caught that interview last night, obviously. Uh, and so one of the questions that I had um, that kind of derived from that was, does having a difference in opinion means I'm not connected to the culture? Does having a difference in opinion mean I'm not connected to the culture? Uh, Rick, since you kind of started off uh, earlier, uh, go ahead and kick this one off, bro. I don't think it means that, but I think it's always assumed that way. But I don't think it means uh, when having a difference of opinion. I think it's having a difference in popular opinion. All right. I think that there are a lot of people that are comfortable just saying band A, B, or C is the best. Just I, not one. Y'all, I, I will be. Um, I, I'm waiting for people to pull this clip up where I say any uh, of those bands were the worst bands and all. I've never said that. I've actually said on numerous occasions that I appreciate a lot of what these bands do. But I think that anytime you have a dissenting opinion or something that goes against what the what the group think is, I think it's easy to be assumed that you don't know what you're talking about because you don't agree with everybody else. Um, just to be very, very transparent and clear, I've had a lot of conversations over these last... 10 years as a college professor uh, with a lot of, of our band directors. Um, I know it's, it's, it, it can be tough from hearing things from outside the culture too. So I, I understand that part, but I'm talking about band directors that stand in front of bands every day. And um, these are the conversations that happen behind closed doors. You know, like, you know, there were a lot of, instances um just and just over the last couple of weeks dealing with this whole uh video being posted in these groups that you know it became like i said it became personal oh man this guy don't know what he's talking about and then of course it became okay let's insult him so instantly i'm a i'm the n-word i'm everything in the world you know when we with how we talk to each other and disrespect each other but i think the thing and i said this on the last show that really really made me upset was the fact that they say, oh, this brother, um, oh, he don't care about the culture. He don't care about his people. He always bring it, uh, trying to bring it. Why do black people always try to blind, bring black people down? Crabs in the barrel mentality. Um, when we think about like old, you know, let's talk about 30, 40, 50 years ago when like you're dealing with how we as a people got to where we are today. 
it's always having high expectations and setting goals that we should always try to reach for. You know, when I grew up in Portsmouth, I was growing up around people that weren't doing the type of things that we are all doing now. And I think it's so easy to always attack, attack, attack when we don't agree with something. I have never said on this show that is I don't want to hear people's disagreements. Actually, quite contrary, we put the link up every week for people to come in here and tell us why we're wrong and so forth. And we rarely get people to come in because it's easier to sit in those internet groups and be internet gangsters and, you know, all these things in those groups, because it's usually group thinking those groups. It's usually group think when you post online and those people won't actually fight you back. And then when people actually do push back, well, then the whole group attack. So I think, Anything that goes against popular opinion and popular culture comes off to some people as being against the culture. When they all actually, it's wanting to see the culture better. I have never said anything negative about HBCU bands. I think that HBCU bands have an absolute place in the overall lexicon of band. You know, at the end of the day, a lot of these big schools are trying to copy what we're doing. It's always been that way. Even when you look at like old school drum corps, they were doing what we were doing at the HBCU level. The only difference is they started to change and ours looks exactly the same. They even bought that up on the show last night. Every And I've said that so many times on this show. Every field show, you already know what you're about to see. That's why I love what Gary is doing at A&T. They're trying to do something different. So I think that at the end of the day, it's okay to be critical. It's okay to to want better for something without having to uh, insult or question somebody's thinking or, or motives because you disagree with what they say. And I'll say it again. Come on the show. Tell me, tell me how I'm wrong. Anything I say that I'm that y'all don't like, tell me how I'm wrong and we can talk about it. So that's it. Maya, does having a difference in opinion mean I'm not connected to the culture? No, I wouldn't agree with that. Um, I do, however, think that the inability to value opinion or difference in opinion, I think that is what creates the disconnect. Um, from my perspective, I think being connected to the culture means being connected to community, um, and which we know it takes a village. Um to be a part of community, that means different sectors. That, that's the epitome of different opinions, different perspectives, good, bad, and ugly. And I think that is what is the, the end all be all and the foundation for what it takes to be able to quote unquote, be connected to culture or even be the substantial um, definition or meaning of culture. So for those who have a different opinion, I think that it should be welcomed. I think that for those who get it, welcome it, because, again, that's how you build. There will be no difference in bands. There would be no slack. There will be no MEAC. There will be no band culture if there was not a so-and-so difference of opinion. And a difference in opinion could go um, many different ways. A difference in interpretation, the way that I interpret music or the way I interpret um Band in general is what makes my band different from band B or band C and band D. So, of course, I mean, in my opinion, no, having a difference of opinion does not con uh, mean that you're not connected. Having the inability to be able to understand, partake and take heed to what's going on and adapt or be a part of the conversation is what disconnects you from 
the culture itself. Quan, does having a difference in opinion mean I'm not connected to the culture? Uh, no. Question, am I lagging, bro? No, you good. Okay, so to, to answer your question, no. I think one of our problems is we don't listen to understand, we listen to defend. And I think in life, that that is a place of maturity honestly that a lot of us are just people in general have not reached um as of yet um so maya touched on something she said interpretation when you're looking at something it can be the same exact thing but if you ask five people the same question every single person will literally have a different perspective of that same thing that everybody saw um for example, when you're looking at a field show, one person, if their thing is percussion, they'll be looking at the percussion section. If you look at, uh, you know, another person, they their interpretation or their insight may be dealing with dance or whatnot. I think all opinions are welcome. The issue uh, for me, what, what comes to part is you're you're being critical of a program without critiquing, because understand critique shows grows and glows. Critique is just not bashing. And I think that's something that we do bad uh, as in our culture. That's number one. Number two, I also believe that uh, one thing that we fail to do is we're sometimes loyal to a fault to a particular organization. Meaning, I'm, I'll just use this for example. I march for Prairie View, but I'm from Louisiana. So I have an appreciation for Southern. I have an appreciation for Jackson State. But that does not mean that I cannot look at Prairie View and say, well, I, I do feel like they should correct X, Y, and Z. But you can, from a mature place, not bash those those particular students and staff. You can say, well, I just feel like they should do this. And that's your opinion and you keep it pushing. But the problem is the internet, like we've been stating, soon as you say your opinion and you can give the, the specifics of why you feel like this should be corrected, well, then you hate them. Because a lot of those people sometimes, not all of them, but sometimes can't even articulate why they're disagreeing with you. So those are the things that's honestly that we're faced with. And to a degree, some of it is just uh, plain old, plain old ignorance. So, I mean, the difference of opinions honestly should make the culture better. Difference of opinions should make bands better uh, overall. Because if you look at FAMU and then Southern, you should have an appreciation for both of those bands, regardless if you march for them or not. You should honestly just have a respect for that band pageantry overall, as well as it goes for the uh, other schools in the MEAC, C what is it, CIAA, whatever, CSIAC, whatever it is. CIAC, CIAA. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you got them all. Yeah, like you, you should have a, a respect for them all. But again, like I said before, we're loyal to a fault to where it's like, I'm a rock with this band. Even when that band has a bad day, I'm not gonna say it. I mean, we just gotta be honest with ourselves. But it's a, it's a sense of maturity. But honestly, last my last point is this: when confusion and drama and mess sells, that's what people are gonna put out. I mean, think about it. We we have whole groups that's talking about you know real HBCU or real in the swag. Where it's like you're not building up that program it's like you all you're doing is shit talking about them because that's not the program that you marched in 
So. All right, Chief. Uh, what's up, bro? What up, though, fam? How y'all doing, man? Man, we good. We good. What's I'm good, over here trying to get my camera straight. And then, yeah, we, I'm stuck, but I'm talking still. So we you got that lag again, bro. Yeah, man. I, like I said earlier, I can't get it, man. It's straight. It's is been that, three is weeks. Is it the background? Huh? Is it the background? Oh, no, it's not the background. It's been, it's been straight all day. But okay. then as soon as the show starts, it's tight. But uh, oh. since you're coming in, man, you want to get on this topic. Let's see. Uh, does having a difference in opinion mean I'm not connected to the culture? Oh, man, that's a... Man, I'm glad that you asked that question, man. I, I am really tired of us. And I mentioned this the other day when we were talking about this as it related to, um, let me take this out of my ear, as it related to um, the stuff Rick was talking about as far as mass bands and stuff like that. Like, you know, um, it's okay to have difference of opinion, man. I, I Now, I understand if somebody is deliberately trying to do something negative to affect the culture. That's different. You know what I'm saying? But just being able to have a difference of opinion, man, I... I we're not a monolithic culture, bro. Everybody has their own feelings and thoughts and 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 ways they you view things. And I think it's dangerous for us to get into this place where, um, you you I think we're doing this in mass in mass you know pop culture, just American general culture. It's like, you know, whenever you don't agree with the you know what everybody else is saying that they agree with, then you become, um, you know, everybody wants to just come down on you. And I think that's that's a that's a bad place to be in, man. We're supposed to be able to have a dialogue about differences so that we can find a way to uh, meet the needs of everybody and everybody is not the same. So yeah, I, I think that um, having a difference in opinion, it doesn't mean you're not connected to the culture at all. Um, in most cases, now there are some cases um, the difference of opinion are coming from a lack of understanding. If you don't understand the culture because you weren't a part of the culture, then it's, you're coming from an ignorant standpoint because ignorant just being like, you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. So if you're speaking on something you've never experienced and that's coming from a whole different place. So I can, I mean, I have an HBCU culture, but I don't know what it's like to march in this way. You know what I mean? I'm from, I'm from up North, but I don't know what it's like to be from Texas or from, from Louisiana or something like that. So there are certain things that you should open your ears before you open your mouth in general, you know, when it comes to most stuff. So that's my little thing. What up, Rick? What up though, bro? What up, though? Hey, but, Chief, here's the other part, bro. And this is the part I think we need to really address. A lot of people's opinions are in, are ill-informed. Yeah. Like, a lot of people that were upset about that video didn't go back and watch the 30-minute video. They watched 30-second clips, which are made to be um, provocative, and they formed an opinion off of that. Blame Julia. Right. Well, no, Julia. <laughs> no, right. But Julia. I'm about to say, don't don't blame me because because the clip <laughs> the clip that went circulating was not the clip that I cut. The of clip that not. I cut I know that. actually you know, had more to it. But yeah, go ahead. The thing good. about it is, it's always from a position of ignorance, and I know right. some people don't know what that you know whatever. It's always from that position. Like, oh, man, you saying I'm stupid, dog? Right. 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 <laughs> you always gotta like preface when you say ignorant and say right. it means not knowing not about right. we 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 use the word in incorrectly a lot of times in the culture but anyway go ahead. but yeah man it's like we always want to get mad about something you know what i'm saying like uh, it's like our our, our like it, it's so like kwan said this when you got some some mess going on you're gonna have a hundred percent attendance when we were on here talking about all these beautiful things that are happening in the culture then make none of these clips. You know what I'm saying? When your band raised that $3,000, not so right. much. I, I wonder how many emails and, and uh, Facebook groups discussed that. You know, when we were, 
when we were broadcasting live from the show that I've been working on all my career. You know what I'm saying? Like, none of that stuff. But as soon as some ignorance pop off where somebody feel, you know, upset about something, that's all automatically what it is. So, you know, I'm moving forward. I'm going to continue to do what I'm doing. I'm not going to compromise my musicality, you know, to make some people happy. I'm just not. You know, there was not one part of this show, Chief, where we said we want every band to sound the same. Right. You know, I know that's the narrative that's being pushed. That's not what we're saying. And, you know, but while every band has their own style and all that stuff, music is music. You know, I know that's hard for some people to realize, but I'm going to continue to say it till I'm blue in the face. You could play with whatever timbre you choose to um, play with. If it's uniform across your band, cool. But concert F and tune is concert F. If it's cold outside, tune. <laughs> I mean, right. like we, we we will make every excuse for something to justify, you know, justify behaviors. I'm sorry. At the end of the day, it's okay to expect better. When I get my own band, I expect to hear from everybody how my band can be better. But at the end of the day, I'm going to be in that band room to achieve the sound that I want to have. You know, as an right. associate director now, I've done that. And when I'm a head director, I will do the same thing. You know, I think I want people like you, Mario, mus- musicians that I respect to say, hey, Rick, man, y'all did great, but... Hey, did you hear how out of tune your woodwinds are? You know what, Mario? You right, bro. Let me let me let me pull my 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 um woodwinds in, and hopefully when I get my band, you with me. So you know, what hey, I'm saying? You <laughs> are, yeah. that's, that's a whole nother conversation, right? <laughs> right. But yeah, man. But that's you know, I want that because I re- a respect your musicianship, you know, and b even if you don't know me, you know that I care about my people and I care about what's best for our people. All the people that do know me. They know that. And all these, you know, it is what it is, man. We can be better. We can expect better. I don't want every band to sound the same. I don't want every band to be the same. But certain concepts of music are what they are. You know what I'm saying? So that's where I am. And um, that brings up a thought. You you kind of said, you kind of brought that on that, that made me think about something um, <clears throat> that kind of was alluded yesterday in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um so let me ask you guys this question. When we talk about pedagogy of like music, music, music pedagogy, what, you know, shaping a sound, blah, 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 all that great stuff. Is it considered being, why is it, I'll put it this way. Why is it considered being uh, or, or moving towards the European style of music because you want a clarity of sound or you want that pedagogy? Uh, or you're looking for that pedagogy to be correct? I think it comes so much so from the fact, Julian, that there is a certain sound that people have in their mind now that's associated with HBCU band culture. And that is no longer FAMU. I'm, I'm sorry. It's no longer that type of sound. FAM is a great band. I love their sound. Uh, in my opinion, uh, Young and the Restless is the song of the year. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to actual performance practice. But I think that there is a certain sound associated with band culture. I mean, let's be honest. The SWAC runs HBCU bands. I'm from the MEAC and all these other uh, conferences. We're all cute. When it comes to to band, right. HBCU band culture, that's coming out the SWAC. So you can people can take it for what they want it to be. At the end of the day, 
you know, that that's the sound that people expect. And every band in the SWAC doesn't sound the same. But there has to be room for those other bands that don't sound the same to stop being considered trash. Like, I like the sound that Florida A&M plays with. It's balanced. It's blended. It's it's clear. I can hear all the parts. But when, I, when I'm hearing a rap song, I want to hear some Southern. I want to hear some Jackson. Because that energy is going to get me in the in the mood of that particular particular song. And I've said that repeatedly on this show. Southern is the rap kings. And can't you know those I you know Jackson, I think Jackson had an amazing year. But you know, they when it comes to those type of songs, man, I think that's the their sound is what people expect. And if you don't play with that type of sound and if you talk about any of these other things in the midst of that sound, I think it can be misconstrued as you misconstrued, excuse me, as you, um, you know, like that that white mess, you know, oh man, drum corps, whatever. The fact of the matter is, those ensembles are just as loud. They are. So, I think that's what it is, man. I think it's more so just the sound that people people expect from from a HBCU style band. I will. I just will add one piece to what you what Rick was just saying, and to answer your question, Julian. Um, I think it goes back. I mean, I guess I did, because I agree with Rick, what Rick is saying, but I had to go back a little bit. Um, traditional uh, European hymns that were given um, and kind of forced upon people that were enslaved in America. They took those songs, learned them, learned the language through those spaces, and then made them their own and created um, alternative versions of tunes through that sphere. And so what happens is starting from that space all the way moving forward, there was always noticeable difference between the rhythmic and um, almost uh, melismatic virtuosity of African-American singing and approach to music versus um, some of the more traditional Bach sounds that you would have in traditional SATB. Now, obviously you can go and find different things and when you start talking about uh, romantic composers and stuff like that. But I'm just talking about American, the American sphere, like as far as music in our country. Um, you think about rock and roll. It was done a certain way, then taken, borrowed, and done something else. So it's almost like, I think with HBCUs, it's like, we. I think some people want to feel like this is our space to be all of ourselves without having to feel um, the criticism of people from within our own world talking about the things that we do. However, at the same point, it's like, so does that mean that there can't be improvement, though? Does that mean that there can't be um, areas that could be, you know, refined a little bit? But then the question becomes refined to what? Because then the the, the conversation changes. So I, I think it, it comes down in my from my perspective, it comes down to like when you said a, a G is a G in tune is in tune. And you just we can't go away from that. Um, but I think some people feel I don't. If it's going to be between me being perfectly in tune and me keeping the style, I'd rather keep the style than worry about the pitch. And I think it really comes down to some some simplistic types of things, because if that wasn't the case, then you wouldn't have people playing out of balance, throwing off chords, overplaying the band in different spaces. You wouldn't have people trying to outdo each other in certain areas. That, That comes from, to me, a history of our culture going back to. American slavery. So I, I know that may be a way deeper kind of perspective and I'm leaving out pieces that are important, but I don't want to hog all the time. But I do think it's something that goes back to the idea of how we view music. 
from the European perspective, traditional European perspective versus the African-American um, approach to music. But Mario, you brought something up that's really important. And Kwan and Maya, if y'all want me want to get in, please do. But you brought up something that's very important. And I think and it's it's something that I did glean from that conversation last night that I internalized. Mm-hmm. Individuality. You know what I'm saying? Like that concept right. of individuality. My sound is mine. Your sound is yours. You know, I I I definitely am thinking differently about that per- per- particular part of the conversation. But like I said, it all go back to me to, yeah, you can be an individual as far as this band sounds the way it does. That's great. But still have basic music concepts. You know what I'm saying? Like, do what you want to do. Not one time on this show have we said, I want every band to be the same. I'm going right. to keep saying that. I like the fact that Alabama State was able to to do what they did this year, man. I was just about to mention them. I was about to like, mention them, too. Like, or PV so- and the stuff that they were playing. That that You know, the way that they were playing – you still heard the swag, but it was just right. done in a way that wasn't sloppy. Like, you know what but I mean? That, and that's my thing. Why are we saying that Alabama State was so much better this year? Because this year they actually cared about the way they – and I, I don't want to speak against any other Alabama State band. I don't know that band program. I have some friends that marched in Alabama State band. This is no way an indictment against those bands. But the reason why everybody in the community was hype about Alabama State this year is because they actually sounded better. They had the same energy that they've had years past. They continue to be swack, but they actually just sounded better. Like there was a a timbre change in that band that was appealing. And when they played slow songs, they actually played with a lot of shaping. Like those things are universal. Even in that uncut group, people were accepting this. People were acknowledging the different Alabama state. So it's not like people can't hear it. They were acknowledging it. You heard in different areas where there is this traditional swag sound that people were acknowledging a better version of Alabama State. People right. acknowledged it. So how can we, in one breath, acknowledge that a band tried to refine their sound and clean up a, some some things here and there, but then as soon as you talk about it on a larger sphere, it's like, oh, that's that white mess. It's like, come on, man. Like, I, So like I said, you had some times this year where you said you liked Southern. You had times this year where you liked Jackson. And they weren't playing like DCI. They were playing like Southern and Jackson. You just said, when I wasn't blowing all the the most amazing smoke up their ass to talk about how great they were, then all of a sudden I became public enemy number one. And it's like, that's a part of the issue. We can't be um, unapproachable when it comes to like refining ourselves as individuals, as band programs, as schools, whatever. Come on, man. So uh, I just got one comment and I'm going to tell you why. And, you know, we have a young lady, I mean, a young woman on the phone. This is the truth. Dick riders. <laughs> just bottom line what it is. You have some people who are just loyal to a fault of a particular organization. Like not being ugly. I feel like uh, Prairie View, UAPB, uh, and now FAMU, they're kind of like, they're, they're like the stepchildren of yeah. The SWAT, quote unquote. It's like somebody's always castigating them for, for whatever reason. And but you're gonna have these particular tier of schools where no matter what they can do, right or wrong, people will always ride with them, no matter what. And that's just that cult following that the SWAC has, like period. Um or, or the loyalists to those particular universities. Uh that's just the bottom line with it, bro. I, I think what what we all said. 
I agree with. Um, and like you said, Rick, what uh, Prof uh, Taylor said yesterday, some of those things go into the same, you know, philosophy that you have. But the difference is he's the band director of Southern. That's the only difference. Both of y'all are men. Both of y'all are African-American. Both of y'all are Greek. Both of y'all have y'all, you know, credentials. Only difference is he's the band director of Southern. And it's kind of like it's no difference from like you saying that you're an outsider because, quote unquote, you did Mars DCI. You're from the MEA, which is which is whack because your your knowledge and expertise from everybody on the show is still valid. <laughs> I heard that one before. So, uh, uh, what the hell? Yeah, I know. So, but <laughs> but nevertheless, though, like he said it and because he said it shit it, it it has it holds a different weight than you and, and, rightfully, that's, and rightfully, that's so though, right? rightfully so right Quan. like i mean like, i mean if we want if we want to be real like i said i don't know that brother i've never met him before in my life i wish him much success you know he he came in on a uh, tough situation and he's done the best with that man I, I kudos to him but you know rightfully so he you know his band is is doing great things but i think at the end of the day it's okay to like other bands too. It's okay to be able to appreciate them for what they do great. And then also say, but also that ballad that fam you played or that dance that the, um, um, the ladies from Prairie View did was great. And the music was great with it. And shout out to Sean year 10. Uh, congratulations. I was going to get to that, man. God dang. All right. God, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> No, what Look. you just said, Rick, is what I was mentioning last. The same point I made, bro. Yeah, bro. I said I can like hip hop. I can like, uh, well, I don't really like. I don't really dig country too much, but I can like, you know, all types, different types country. of Latin American music. I can like, you know, you know, jazz, classical. It doesn't take anything from anybody if me liking different things, and I think that's a part of the beauty of the diversity of our personalities. You can like different yeah. things. It's okay, everybody. Like and the, and the, and Mario, the the example of jazz came up in a lot of conversations, you know, in that program, in the cut uncut group. Here, here's the thing about jazz, because and you brought it up too, right, Mario? I remember you brought right. it up too. Yeah, right. People bring up how jazz is different, right? Jazz was different, but if you went to the Cotton Club to see Duke Ellington, they were playing with a beautiful sound, right? In addition, the cleanest band. His clean band was sharp, clean, clean. He had band. everything you could think. He had Cat Anderson up there screaming. He had uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Snooky Young was in the, one of his sections. Like all ain't these, lead, and ain't nobody leading the section like Johnny Hodges, right? Johnny Hodges on sack. Like, come on, bro. Like, there was different timbres. But then you can go across town to to Harlem, right? And you right. can go see Chick Webb's band, and they in there swinging, and it's right. the most black thing you could think of. But guess what? They played with good timbre. Why is that? A, why is that negative? Like I've heard well, Chick Webb's man. Like I wanna, so, I want to. Yeah, I'm not being bougie, y'all. The, the expectation is the expectation. I want to put Those a thought out there real quick. Go ahead, Drew. Go ahead. Bro. Um, and it's something that I've been thinking about, maybe about for the past week or so. Um, do you? Because because first of all, we all know that uh, Dr. Pinnell and um, um, um. Mr. Knighton, all of them, you know, all the old band directors is in the SWAC specifically that we idolize. Um, we're we're good, we're good friends. Like they were connected with one with one another. 
I, I always have this thought. I've been having this thought for about a week or so ago. Do you ever think that they all came into a room and said, man, y'all motherfuckers were just blowing y'all ass off at us? Or were they saying, hey, man, you you guys, y'all got us this week. You know, uh, that the way y'all sound was real good. It was balanced. You know, you might want to start with a, a, a better ta- attack and release. Do you think that they were just having those com- kind of conversations as well? Or were they saying, hey, man, y'all was beating the shit off of us. All right, good night. We'll, we'll drink and have a good day. It depends on what banner you're talking about and how much cognac was involved. <laughs> I'm being dead ass. I know. I that's, know you are. Conversation. Conversation. Right. That's why I'm conversation laughing. Conversation may start very academic, but it may end with motherfuckers arguing. So but, like, but, like but, here's, but, but my point is, like you said, it may start academic. My point is, right. is that at some point, I think that they were even having the same types of conversations that we're having. And I'm not saying that nobody else is having them. But what I'm saying is we've got we've gone so far. I personally believe that we've gone so far that we can't have an opinion. I think that it's now looked down on us to have an opinion that's outside of the norm and that we all exist in this echo chamber. So just my thought, you know, uh, wanted to close that out, man, before we keep moving on. Any final thoughts, though, uh, before we move on? All right, bet. Well, then, if you're just tuning in, welcome everybody to Talk That Talk, where we have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. Please make sure that as soon as you come in, that you go ahead and click that like button. All right. If you're watching us on Facebook, you can go over to the YouTube and and, uh, subscribe to the network as well. And please make sure that you turn on notifications. All right. Let's move on to the next topic that actually filters in somewhat to what we were already talking about. So please, somebody, and and first of all, or second of all, big shout out to Sean. I want to make sure I put it out there. Big shout out to Sean for 10 years at uh, Prairie View A&M University as the Black Fox uh, director. Uh, She's been doing an awesome job. uh, So kudos to her. It is I've known her since I think I was, what, 19, 20. Uh, But, you know, even just watching her, you know, with that program and and watching that program come along and and even having Maya on here, who's been a product of that program and a product of Miss Sean as well. Uh, So we want to go ahead and give you your flowers while you're here. And uh, we love you. So once again, big shout out to Sean. All right. Um, It was Dr. Zachary and that whole staff, too. Y'all, too. That's the case. What I say, you guys as well, Dr. Zachary, Prop Hopkins, all y'all, that whole staff from 10 years ago, bro. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, goddamn, you just I mean, no, no, the only reason, the only reason, <laughs> I mean, I appreciate it. I mean, I'm pretty sure Rick appreciates it too. I think the only reason why we're saying is that is because she's sure. still there, you know, yeah. what I'm saying still working with the girls, whereas you know, in 17, that was. Me and Rick's last year, but yeah, we we still, I appreciate it. Still, bro. Uh, yeah, y'all was laying down foundation. Real talk. All right, respect, respect. You know, Quan, it's funny before you get eight, to I was 18, Sean. I don't remember being I thought I was 19, 20, but all right. Hey Quan, you know it's funny, man. She posted a video of the 2012 band. Yeah. And, I that, and I was listening to it. And I was like, you can really hear the beginning of what we were trying to establish in there. Yeah, it was a lot of stuff in there. It was hundred people on the field, you know what I'm saying? But just, uh, you know, where they are now and where they're coming and what you guys were when you were in the band, 
No, it's a great band program, and I wish they could get more of the kudos instead of everybody hating on them because, you know, whatever reason. But here we go. All right. Well, let's keep it moving, man. And somebody correct me on this if I'm wrong. I think I got this correct. So there are 107 historically black colleges and universities. 107 historically black colleges and universities. Now, out of all of those historically black colleges and universities, not all of them have a band program. Not every single one has a band program. So my next question is, are we expecting too much from our HBCUs, university band programs? Are we expecting too much from our HBCU university band programs? Quan. You know, you you, you you be looking around like, don't be calling me, don't call me. <laughs> you be the kid in the classroom, I hope you don't call on me, man. God dang, I ain't ready. I'm going to just say, I'm going to use the bathroom next time. No. <laughs> uh, Expecting, elaborate a little bit more from me. Expecting too much like what? Like so, entertainment? What, what, so what, what I'm saying is um, just like kind of piggybacking off of the conversations that we were just having, right? Uh, and, and kind of listening and going towards uh, some of the conversation that I heard um, last night between uh, Eddie and uh, Kedrick Taylor, where, you know, we put a lot of this is it should be this way and it sounds this way. And maybe we should think more about pedagogy. Blah, 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 blah. Instead of, you know, uh, or more or less even looking at the quote unquote, like I asked earlier, just a thought earlier, the quote unquote European standard of how we look at music and music and education. So are we putting or are we expecting too much from our university bands? Yes and no. Um. Can you hear me? Joe? Yeah, I, 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 okay. I can hear you. I was just happy that I clicked back in. It's, I'm probably going to click back out in like a couple of seconds. No. Uh, so so for me, yes and no. Um, yes, if you're looking at it, you know, I think HBCU band directors, I, uh, Trap Set Player just said, like, we make a dollar out of 15 cents with some of the resources that we have. Uh, you know, it's kind of like, the mindset is like, you know, we just we know how to make it happen regardless. Right. Uh, with, you know, little a little budget or no budget at all. Like, you know, we make it happen in regards of building character. Yes. In regards of, you know, taking young kids from certain specific you know neighborhoods and turning them into better men and women. Absolutely. When I said the part that I said no to is a standard is a standard. And so if you're blessed with an organization and and the specific institution is saying, hey, this is what I've called you to do. Whatever standard of that band director is, that's the standard that you need to meet and continuously push towards on a daily basis. I don't think that uh, I don't think no one gets to that point in their professional career and then just decides, well, I'm going to be lazy at that point. I think your standard should be your standard for whatever vision that you have. And then you push forward. But it, this is a funny question because it's yes and no. So that's, that's all I got, honestly, for this question. All right. 
Chief. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be cutting in. My, my daughter's kind of moving around a little bit. So, um, but yeah, I, I would say it depends on a couple things. Uh, I, I first thing that popped out to me when I read the question was the we part. Who is we? Are we expecting? Are we talking about music majors? Are we talking about general fans? Are we talking about who are we talking about? Um, so who who would be your audience targeted audience when you say we, Julian? Target audience, I would say we the fans, we the I would say we the fans and the music educators. Well, then that's two different answers. So the fans, I think they get a lot of what they want because most fans are um, sometimes ignorant to what it takes to even build the program to present. They're maybe ignorant to what the process is to actually um, run a band program off the very limited resources that are there um, and those aspects. But then when you talk about music education, I I don't think we are expecting too much for our programs to teach us uh, proper pedagogy, to teach drill writing to teach um, band budgeting to teach things and do things that help you um, for, you know, kind of step into the next phase of your life as an educator. So no, you're not expecting too much of a pace. So you're paying for education. No, no, they, you're paying them to, to provide a service. And if you are a, a studious, you know, young person that is going class, paying attention, doing your part, even reaching out to resources outside of the classroom, there becomes a part that is the responsibility of the university to provide a certain type of understanding of what, where the gaps are, what you may, may be missing. So um, I agree with a lot with Quine said, but that was just a little bit of an add on in terms of like you know, that other part. My, you look so studious. You got your little book up with the glasses on. Look at you. Jinkies. You don't know if you don't know what I'm talking about, don't worry about it. All right, Maya, you, <laughs> you got it. First off, I am not that young. I know exactly what you're talking about. I know Velma. Thanks so much. Um, two, love you too, Mishan. I was I didn't see your comment when you first wrote that. Um, okay, I was just writing notes because I seemingly forget um everything. Um, I, I guess I'm gonna take it a different way. I would say I think that we, when I say we, um, I don't know. Never mind. I won't say we because I don't know exactly who that uh includes but in terms of withholding tradition year over year i think that we do have a large expectation or some whether that's alumni base whether that's band heads whether those people who have an opinion whether those are internet gangsters or whatever i think that we can have um too large of expectations in that regard year over year expecting things to um i guess streamline and I think that's, that speaks on the interpretation of what we were talking about earlier. I think in terms of saying these HBCU bands were founded or, or were established in 19 blah, 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 but you expect for it to be the same all the way now into 2021, whether that's for good or for bad. I think that that's not necessarily a realistic expectation, especially if you don't have the same leadership, you don't have the same administration, you don't have to have the same um, uh uh, uh, what do you call this thing? The people that view audience base, um, all of those things. I think that that's unrealistic. Um, I think even when it comes to transitions in band, I think that trying to have someone build a be at a mountain level when they're only on a valley level is unrealistic as well. Let's say the implementation, well, TSU, that's a really good example, right? So they've done a tremendous job with the transition that was placed upon them but 
I mean, I, some people may have thought that they would have done the things that they did, and some people have didn't really see much for them. But I think it's unrealistic to say like that they're an anomaly because they did do they 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 made a mountain out of a valley. But to think realistically, more times than not, you're not going to be able to exceed or or meet those expectations so quickly. And I think sometimes that's something that we have to be abreast of when we try and hold or when we see different bands um, or different programs in itself. Um, what else did I write down here? I think that our alumni bases can also uh, ex expect too much from my bands, especially when they're not willing to put forth any resources, whether that's a helping hand, whether that's getting on the horn or whether that's coming back in to just say, hey, I'm proud of you, whether that's allocating resources, whether that's being a part of alumni association, whatever the case may be, I think that those are also areas of opportunity that we can be of better support so that we can be able to, when we want to have those larger expectations, we can put our money where our mouth is and say, well, this is what I'm doing to be able to push that forward. Close the book and drop the pen. All right, Rick, <laughs> are we expecting too much from our university bands? I think the answer is yes, but I think it's yes for two reasons. Well, two separate reasons. Maya touched on it briefly. I want to expand upon it. And that's the, the I'm not even going to say alumni because some of these people aren't alumni. I'm going to just say past marching members of a lot of these band programs. Uh, Dr. Taylor said something last night that I've been saying for years and I, cause I know it to be the case. Mario, Julian, I know y'all remember this. Dr. Sanford wanted to change the style of the flags at Norfolk state. He thought it was very militaristic. He wanted them to be more color guard esque in nature, you know, being able to do smooth moves and stuff like that. Long story short, them women came together and said, you change it if you want to. We're going to pull every cent that we have out of, out of that dog on man. And the thing about it is that the at, at NSU, our alumni actually does contribute to that band. They contribute, you know, with the alumni band, money, resource, everything. So that would be a huge blow. How can we expect all these things, These these we want our bands to continue to flourish. We want our bands to be great, but we won't allow our bands to evolve. Like, I, I, I just, that is something that is foreign to me. And it's weird because, you know, in the grand scheme of things, no, you know, I, no, I'm, a, I'm not even going to say that because I know I'll get cussed out at homecoming. Um, but these bands will go on with, a, with or without us, y'all. They will. You know what I'm saying? As alumni, as past members of these bands, the PV going to be PV, Norfolk State going to be Norfolk and so forth. So that's the first part. Yes, we expect too much because we want to be able to come back to a game for nostalgia. We want to be able to say, I did that when I was in the band too, especially if it's good. All these kids that are in PV's band now, you know, the hurricane thing is new. You know, we came up with that for Honda. So all the kids from 2015 on will be able to say, yeah, I was in that band that came up with that, especially if it continues to go on even after Dr. Zachary was there. All you old heads, I, I, I did a PV roll and they bought the PV roll back. You know what I'm saying? So you can look at that. Every time Norfolk gets on the field, me and Mario and Julie can get out there for pregame right now because we already know. Richard, and we write into it and we know exactly what to do, right? You know what I'm saying? So 
we have to be able to let our bands evolve. But the second part of that, of why we expect too much from these bands is because we know that the bands are the lifeblood of a lot of these universities. Like how many, like they bring the most attention to the university. You know, I, I don't hear many people talking about Southern football, especially since their coach can't has come to Norfolk state. I haven't heard much about that, but you, the human jukebox is in everything. They're in commercials. They're in California. They're in all these places putting on for the city. So I think that at the end of the day, to put that burden on a person that's making less than, I don't know, I'll give, you know, when I worked at Prairie View, I made less than an uh, uh, office assistant when I first got there. Many, actually. You know, but you expect this person to be there from nine in the morning until 12 o'clock at night, which I did many, almost every single day, my first couple of years. Come on, man. So I think that the expectation, especially for a band director that wants an excellent band, is going to put the extra hours in to have an excellent band across the board, not just university level, all band directors. The expectation is high. I don't think musically the expectation or performance base is high, is high. Sometimes it's not high enough. You know what I'm saying? Like we need to have high expectations for our groups. Once again, we don't want them to all sound the same, but certain things are what they are. So I think that, yes, we expect way too much from these programs when it comes to those things. But in other areas, I think we could we could expect a little bit more. So, yeah. You said something. Uh, that I want to kind of go into a little bit. You said you have to allow these programs to evolve. What does that look like in HBCU now? What is what does an HBCU band program look like as it relates to evolution? Bro, I remember when we didn't do that damn PVU at the beginning of the game. And I remember them emails that we got because we ain't do that entertainment tonight. That's what I'm talking about. I've said this on other posts. I'm sure Dr. Zachary would love to have like a dramatic beginning that starts with the band and surrounding the whole field and then marching in and making this shape that rotates and then going into a huge fanfare. Yeah, that all sounds great. But that huge fanfare better lead you into that PVU to play entertainment at night or you're going to get emails, everything else. But man, we got emails on a regular basis about what the Black Foxes was wearing. I remember. Bro, I'm saying I'm, I'm, I'm gonna play devil's advocate. I'm gonna ask y'all this though. Yeah. Do you feel do you feel it would be an issue if that person was from Prairie View? So hypothetically speaking, if Dr. Lamont Lawhorn was the director of bands and he changed it, being alumni from Prairie View, do you feel like he would get the same flat? Yes, because yes, absolutely. Yes, the audience expects it. Probably worse because you do come from in house. Because you are in the like what the like message. You should know better. I guess I'm, I'm, I'm message I'm, before every every dance routine. How does message fit into anything? But you don't play that doggone message. All them alumni are gonna be in there cussing you out. You are the worst thing since sliced bread. You don't know what you're doing. Like it's a lot of every school has those things, man, where people expect it. And I think that if you I think we we would be naive to say, and that's every school. I'm talking about the big school. Let Ohio State not oh, yeah. have that too, but dot that I. Man, please, that place would lose their goddamn mind. 
Right. That drum major coming out with it, man, come on, bro. It's every school. You know right. what I'm saying? It's an expectation, no matter if it's HBCU or not. So I, I, I don't think we're that specific to us. I think every school does that. Go ahead, Mark. Let's just say, to answer the question, I think it's unrealistic. It was, what does that look like? It's, it don't look like nothing because it's it's very it, it probably would not happen in a million years because of the the chance in which you do take to pivot or to change or to implement or or evolve either it's gonna come down from administration it's gonna come down from alumni it's gonna come down from somewhere you gotta be right back to 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 to, to where you started so uh, I'm I'm not really sure there are ways to be able to change or or make influence or to you know kind of sneak some stuff here and there or transition but on an overall scale i think that it's unrealistic because again everyone has something to say there's no way that you're going to be able to please anybody while also well just period please anyone so so uh, so uh in the comments uh brother jackson he said before you go Kwan, I, know, I know chief has something to say go ahead chief. no no go ahead go ahead go ahead finish that out Kwan. get your comment uh, out go ahead bro okay go ahead. he was basically okay. saying if i remove sequence what, what would happen I, I wouldn't remove sequence but i would add to it though being genuine because that's exactly what i was about to say i was I would add to what you're talking about because our our sequence was added parts over the years, fam, scaly, CCG, I prop twilight, messing around. I would add something to that because I am box. So it's like I, I, I feel like that that cadence is a part of us. Now, would I respectfully consult, honestly, alumni that march in that drum section that I respect? Yeah, but would I really care about their opinion if that's what I wanted to add it? And then those kids want to add that? Yeah, we're gonna add it, and that's just what it is because I'm pretty sure when they added one part one part people was like bro what the hell is this but it grew on them and then that became a part of their tradition too i think honestly what i've what i've learned on this show people are really afraid to change traditions when all traditions weren't traditions at one point and and like right and that's the problem of evolution that i see and no dis and uh no disrespect to 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 any band or any program but i'm gonna say this so when i was taking the class by dr zachary uh, on drill writing, he said, I want you to go and ex inspect and mimic a, a particular show for Pyware. I had a show from a particular school and another gentleman had it. He did one from 2018. I did one from 1994. It was the same exact show. The music was different. So how was that evolution? How how was that pushing the envelope? That's all I'm saying. And we got to be honest with ourselves about what we're doing. Quan, I used to teach that in a um, I taught the band director class at PV uh, when I was there, and I used to play videos of certain bands from the '70s, '80s, '90s, 2000s, all the way to now. Looked exactly the same, exactly the same. There was no difference. So much so, like that you don't really. It, I don't think people really understand anymore what we're talking about because they're so used to seeing it. You know what I'm saying? Like when you go innovation to some people is instead of um, the formation stopping at eight counts. Oh, we went 12 counts this time and then bounced it. Innovation to me is coming to a show and they're not being uh, a dance routine. A they're dance being a... Uh, 
or they're not or having electronics involved in the HBCU band show. So if I say I'm doing a show, Langston tried this a couple years ago at Honda. They did a um um coming to America show. Or was it no not Langston? Oh, A&T. No, not that one. It was um it was um that one from Philly. Remember they bought Music Soul Child out and all that. Got absolutely no house whatsoever. Lincoln. That's what it was, Lincoln. And so, yeah, man, I think that we've gotten so used to the same thing being presented to us. That's the reason why the stands have really taken off. Because that's really the only place where you see difference. I can tell the difference between band A, Virginia State, and Norfolk in the stands. But I know what I'm going to get on the field. So I think that at the end of the day, Marching band is marching band. We need to focus more on that type of innovation rather than, you know, just being able to put all your energy into this killer arrangement, which is still important. And that's what I used to appreciate so much about Mr. Adams. Mr. Adams rarely wrote for the stands, but we already knew when that drill music got passed out, that was going to be the hardest thing we played all year. You know what I'm saying? So it's just the priorities have shifted, not necessarily saying it's bad or good. It's just different. I was. Oh, go ahead. Go. Ahead. You haven't spoken yet. Go ahead. You on mute? But uh, okay. he, he knew. Oh no! Get he, your comment. Go ahead. He was like, go ahead. Ah. Um. Okay. Y'all, I'm crazy. So, as everything that I did say, actually, I want to flip it. Now that we've been thinking, or now that we've been talking through it, actually, I'm going to contradict everything I just said. Don't do that. Because. I think that changing or or to the last question, I think it's all in a sense of quote unquote putting your dick on the table. I mean, just to be honest with you, like, <laughs> I mean, listen, when we go back to everybody that said they wasn't gonna wear skinny jeans, that was wearing tall tees and uh and, and flooded jean shorts. Guess what? They ended up wearing them goddamn skinny jeans and skinny ties or whatever the case may be. You start giving people crumbs, they're gonna take it. When you put your stuff on the table and you said this, no what? I said people not wearing skinny jeans. Ain't nobody wearing skinny jeans. I mean, you but you get what I'm saying though. Like we've gone from we've gone from past the pants to uh to tailor fitted pants, but you see what I'm saying though. Like my daughter laughing. She laughing. I mean, needless to say, oh, I forgot the baby was right there. I'm so sorry that I said that. Um Stop putting putting meat on the table. With the, the with the right like, okay, yes, not everybody, but y'all get what I'm saying, right? We thought I thought I'd never see the day where you get a Phil Sean didn't see the foxes do no goddamn circle. But guess what? They got there doing it because it's something Sean stood her ground and she said, in terms of what I see for my vision for this, yeah, you're gonna get you a little piece of it, but there's also a way to um be able to salute tradition, but in a different manner. And Ronnie, you you spoke on it as well. But I think regardless, it's not like these people gonna walk in the band room and, and do something. They're not gonna boycott the shows. They still gonna be there every week. So whatever you give them, uh, they will adjust. You will adjust to what you're giving within so many words. Yes, I think that my previous statement, some of it still applies, but I do think if we're moving in a different direction that no, I think the transition just more so saying this is where we are. This is what we're putting forth. And this is my interpretation. This is my vision for my program. This sit down, shut up and just look at it. Just take, give it a chance. And people will start to slowly jump on the bandwagon. 
Because, I mean, that's really and honestly all it is. The culture, if we want to begin to define it, it starts as a bandwagon, unfortunately. Okay. Go ahead, Chief. You got it. Yeah, I was just saying, um, I, I think Quan and Maya both touched on some things that I was feeling. Um, Daddy, help Oh, Jesus Christ. Hold on. <laughs> Ooh, I thought that was a new tag. I was about to say, what? no, 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 <laughs> no. But um, I would. My thing is, is if you do something different, it's just got to be killing. I think when people, a lot of times, you want to ask stuff and then you don't even commit to it because you're worried about what people going to say. You kind of got to go, you know, you got to got to go balls to the wall with it. You got to really commit to whatever it is that you're trying to do. Um, at the same time, so like. The question was, what does right? It does. Like I was thinking that before I said, I was like, "There's balls to the wall and putting your meat on the table." (laughs) X-rated show today. (laughs) All right, go ahead, bro. Anyway, (laughs) no, but um, I'm sorry. Hold on. All right. Um, no, but I think the biggest thing for me is that, like, what does innovation look like from HBCUs that we've already seen? So, like, like I gave an example. So it's it comes in small steps and then you kind of gradually build it because like, we didn't go from long tees to skinny jeans right away. I didn't go over any to that any any of that. I didn't wear I well I had the big t shirts on, but I didn't do the skinny. I never did the skinny jeans, but um, I did wear the slim daddies though, like the slim cut, the slim cut, right? So, but that was a gradual movement. And I think if you saw like Jackson State Tiger Run on, they did the Tiger Run on, and then they went into like a swirl. And it went into some other formation, and did something totally different. People were like, oh, that shit cold. Like they would be thinking, like, oh, this is still the tradition, but a twist on the tradition. Um, if you if you if you see Norfolk doing the traditional run-on, instead of them doing a run-on, they came from different sides of the field and then created the same, you know, similar Pokemon formations or whatever. You know what I mean? So if you had if depending on, I guess, the program and what you normally do, if you see things that are kind of um, a version of their history, but also kind of an innovative spin on it. I think that's the first step. I don't think we're going from zero to 10. It's like zero to two or three. And I think that's where you start. I mean, and that's with anybody. You you ask people to, you know, with people in general, you ask people to change. People don't change all like super quick overnight. It's a gradual thing. And, and we are all really like rooted in tradition. We talk about schools that were, you know, a pride of our community. So we don't want to change too much because there is a fear of losing ourselves because so many things in our culture have been stolen and, and shifted. And so there may be sometimes a fear of the change. I'm not saying that's what I feel, but that's what I think may be some of the mindset from some people who have those worries about what the tradition is and not getting away from it. Because you think about like, if you do something different, most times people are going to try to force it into a box of someone else's. So for example, if you do something that has a, a little bit of like a blue devils, Oh, y'all just copying from blue. Devils, y'all trying to do that white mess. Or if you do something, if Norfolk does something that looks like a swag band, Oh, see, y'all just trying to be Jackson. See, I love y'all when y'all was this, but now y'all trying to be this. And be like, damn, I can't do nothing. That's a little bit different. And so I think the worry sometimes is that you if you get out of your norm, where are you going? Where are you going for real? And where can you go? Where, where will the crowd even allow you to go? They're not allowing you to, to switch it up um, unless the shit is dope. If you dope and it's, it's going hard, the band sounds great, and we go back to those core concepts Rick and I were talking about, if you're good, you're good. People will acknowledge good. They may argue in the car about that shit, but in that crowd, they're going to be clapping because it's dope. 
But you know what, Mario? You're absolutely, actually, you're spot on. But, like, I'm from Portsmouth, you know. Like, in Portsmouth, Norcom ran everything. I went to Churchland, and Norcom was the band, and, like, everybody in our city talked about. Like, Norcom was a nationwide band. You know, everybody knew Norcom. The thing about Norcom is Norcom was like a facsimile of Norfolk State because Emory Fears was the band director at Norcom before he went to Norfolk State. So those two bands are very similar to one another. But here's the thing. As much as people in the city love Norcom, Norcom was able to constantly evolve. I think that's the last part of it, Mario. Bands that people love have the opportunity to do that. Right, right. That Music Soul Child thing yeah. would have worked if it was Southern. Yeah. If he would have came out, <laughs> it would have been something. They would have loved it. Right. But like Norcom, when Mr. Prentice, when BB was at Norcom, Norcom used to drill to uh, core style songs. Like they they drilled to a Scorpion one year. And then the next mm-hmm. thing, they would hit you with this killer ballad. So it went from a Scorpion into, and it was funny because we played a Scorpion at Churchland too. And they came back with a hundred more people than us to play. I was like, so. <laughs> but then they went into what kind of man I, would I be by mint condition? So it was still the culture. But BB was saying, not only can my band do what you what that band is doing, but check this out. You know what I'm saying? We still us. So I think the last part of this whole conversation is certain bands have more leeway than others. They just do. You know, it is what it is. You don't have to like it. But at the end of the day, I already love you. So I'm going to give you the the leeway to do something different because that love has already been established. So, yep. All right. Cool. Man, that was a good one. That was a good one. We we went a while for that one. So definitely some good thoughts on that. All right. Everybody, everybody, if you're just tuning in or if you're just walking in, welcome everybody to Talk That Talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversations about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. Please make sure that as soon as you come in, you go ahead and smash that like button. Click those likes. Let's get these likes up. All right. Let's make sure we get these likes up. Also, if you're watching us on Facebook, that is dope. I appreciate you watching also on Facebook, but go over to the YouTube channel and go ahead and subscribe to the network. And let's make sure that we turn on notifications. All right. On to the next topic. Uh, one of the things uh, me and I think me and Rick were talking yesterday and we um, <clears throat> we were having a conversation about um, hiring practices, um, which brought up another conversation. And so. Um, this is just kind of off the top of my head. Some one of the things that we 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 kind of hinted on. Does there need to be a restructuring of our HBCU music programs? Does there need to be a restructuring of our HBCU music programs? And so, just to kind of give some insight on that, I'm talking about from top to bottom how we how we have. Uh, how we set up our programs as far as, um, you know, admin, how we set it up as far as the the levels of. Um, um, nah, I can't even think of the word I'm looking for. It. Um, Jesus. What, what am I looking for? What word am I looking for, Rick? You're shaking your head. Help me out. You don't know. Uh, I can't even think of the word that I'm looking for. Good Lord. But. How will we how will we structure the whole program? So when me and Rick were talking, me and Rick were talking yesterday, we were talking about um, the idea of the fact that 
a university or a director of bands as a director of bands, but then you also have an athletic director uh, or uh, or director of athletic bands in some in some programs, whereas in some programs or in some HBCUs, the director of bands is the athletic band director. Um, And so just just from top to bottom, the whole kit and caboodle. So does there, dang, I said kid and Kabuda, that is old. Does there need to be a restructuring of our HBCU music programs? When I think of that word that I was thinking about, I'm going to say it. But anyway, Chief, you got it first. Um, yes and no. So I think um, just holding people responsible for the things and the duties that they already have is a big part of the job. People have duties that they don't fulfill. You know what I mean? So there are curriculum issues, but there are also teachers who don't teach. You can have a wonderful curriculum, but people don't come to class on time. It's 10, 15 minute rule book crap that people don't come and be like, oh, we just going to meet online and I'll just send y'all some and all this other bull crap. Not having private lessons, not having teachers for private lessons, um, not teaching real pedagogy in these ensemble classes, not having not small having ensembles, um, um, not actually not having a real spring season and having concert There's a lot, there's a lot of problems. problems. And those and things have things nothing, have nothing, nothing to, do. to do. I'm, I'm getting I'm echo. Hello, hello. I'm, I'm getting That's Julie. Julie. There you go. Okay. Um, I was saying some of those things don't have anything to do with the curriculum. That has a lot to do with just people doing their jobs properly. And we can't, we got to get away from that. Oh, good old boy. Oh, it's okay. You know, it's family. We, yeah, we family, but there's still responsibilities within the family. My son knows that he has to take out trash. My son knows he has to clean his room. There's still responsibilities in my house. So there's things that we, yeah, we family, but there's still things everybody needs to do to, in order for this family to run properly. And a lot of kids are getting the short end of the stick and they're still paying these high amounts for job for description. That was the word I was thinking about. Good guy. Yeah. I'm sorry. So ahead, and then the other part of that is what you just mentioned. So we there is a fear sometimes that um it's for some places I may think, because based off the demographics that are in some music departments, that people don't like necessarily hiring um other ethnicities into their programs because they are worried about losing the culture of their school and all the type of stuff. But good is good, man. I want the best person that teaches theory, man. I want the best person that's teaching uh, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I just want the people who can do the job properly in position to do it. And um, these kids deserve it. We we end up, we continually put out the band directors who are making really good products out of limited resources in their inner city schools, limited resources for their HBCUs. What if we actually had the proper situations and curriculum in place and supports in place and teaching people how to properly deal with these um, at risk situations or, 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 you know, lower income situations that you can, you can actually know what you're doing. Those are a lot of problems. So it's a, that's a, that's a multi-layered question and answer for me, but the answer is yes. Um, there needs to be restructuring because there needs to be better curriculum and more things set in place, but there also needs to be some checks and balances for the people who are actually professors at these schools to hold the university professors and the students accountable because it's not just the professors, the students as well. So. Rick, does there need to be a restructuring of our HBCU music programs? Um, HBCU music programs, I think all music programs. I don't want to just single out our 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 programs. I think all music programs in general need some form of restructuring. Why? 
because our music programs are built on the Western music canon. They just are. So at the end of the day, most of the students that are in our especially music programs at, at HBCUs, but all over the country, are not going to be orchestral tr- trumpet, whatever players. They're just not. They're going to be playing in church groups. They're going to be playing in R&B groups. They're going to be playing in rock bands, all these other ensembles that are not taught at the college level. I feel like a student should be able to build their own curriculum. I don't want to be an orchestra trumpet player. I want to play uh, in the style of Miles Davis. So I want to be learning to do that and build my curriculum around that. It should be like one of those things where, like with tech where you can pick this piece and put it in, pick this piece and put it in. You know, I think that's what that's what music sh- uh, programs should look like in the 21st century. That's the first part. The second part of that is with all of this, it has to be based on the budget of that particular particular school. If you want to talk about HBCUs, our programs don't have the budget of these big schools that have a director of bands and a director of athletic bands and a private lessons teacher for every instrument and all that stuff. Yeah, Mario was absolutely right. The student expectation has to be high. But at the end of the day, a lot of these schools can't even afford to put somebody in front of the student. I know very few um, people that graduated from HBCUs that were like oboe and bassoon majors that had a specialized teacher. Usually their private lessons teacher was teaching oboe, bassoon, clarinet, saxophone, all that. You know what I'm saying? So at, at the end of the day, there are budgetary restrictions in place that keep a lot of these programs from being able to do that. I've set... I continue to sit on the under uh, on undergrad curriculum committees. And these type of conversations are being had, but at the end of the day, you got to have the resources to be able to do that. The part where I think for HBCUs, you can see it is that those resources are usually funneled heavily into the marching band. You know, like I, I got to be honest, some of these HBCU band budgets are way larger than what a lot of these big schools are dealing with way larger, like substantially. So at the end of the day, you know, if you're putting millions of dollars into marching band programs and you're investing 20,000 into the wind ensemble and in, you know, another ensembles, then naturally those ensembles are going to take a hit. So I think resources is the other part that needs to be talked about. All right, Quan, is there need to be a restructuring of our HBCU music programs? Absolutely, <clears throat> absolutely. So I was writing down some notes, and and again, this does not apply to everybody's uh, undergraduate experience, but these are some of the things that I faced, as well as some of my you know other uh, colleagues and whatnot. For the most part, when you go as an undergraduate as a music education major. First of all, you're going to take some of the following classes. Of course, music theory, uh, applied lessons. You're going to be in a small or large ensemble. Now, he, he here's the part where it gets sketchy. You may or may not have either counterpoint or arranging class. There's no such thing as a drill writing class or how to uh, emulate those, partic- uh, those particular things on the field in regards to band pageantry. There's no real administration class on how how the effects of administration skills helps your band program run 
how to develop systems and whatnot. Uh, there's really no class that teaches you in regards of curriculum and uh, learning objectives and goals, those things that you're supposed to learn. Uh, there's no real class that honestly teaches you about how to attain music books and different music resources and how to develop those standards for your uh, for your students. And then lastly, there's no real repair class. In my opinion, these are the things if you're specifically talking about band being a band director, these are things we face every day on a daily basis. And a lot of those things we learn by experience or if you have a an elder mentor that is willing to teach you. So in my opinion, like we've had on this, uh, this conversation on the show prior to, are we really prepared to graduate from these institutions and go get these jobs? For the most part, many of us, we're, we're not. And these are the things that, that we're faced. So that's why in my opinion, we need to restructure these programs Let's let's take it a step further. Many of us, honestly, in the HBCU realm, again, not all are not even graduating certified. Like if we just start there and and because this is a raw and uncut show, I've been in interviews where the fine arts directors have literally said, say, what school you went to? And I'm like, PV. And they literally said, oh, uh, I would hire you, bro. But like, let me check your certification like real quick, because most people from your school that graduated weren't certified. And they name the historical black schools that they say, yeah, they're great. They, they're very talented, but they're, they're they're not certified like they don't have their cred credentials. And then they go in and express how how at one point they was hiring them as aides so that it can get into the system and giving them uh, that probation for phase of a year to ensure that they would get certified and never got certified. So when you're speaking about restructuring HBCU programs, so that we can ensure that we have those jobs, we got to start there. Are we truly graduating highly qualified teachers that can pass that state board exam? Are we truly honestly having students prepared to teach what they learn? And not just because you took theory for four or five years, but can you really teach that and break those things down to those students? If you're not doing that, bro, like honestly, we failed. And like Rick said, you know, I do feel like we should revamp the curriculum of, uh, of the undergraduate aspect because even though we're trying hard for the most part there's so much that we're missing and uh, honestly we're starting behind the eight ball compared to other institutions word all right maya does there need to be a restructuring of our hbcu music programs i mean well you know there's not much to add <laughs> to add uh, very much so. I agree with, every, with what everyone has said. When I initially um, read this or heard this question, my mind went to or gravitated towards what Quan just expounded upon. Um, not to say anybody else is wrong. I totally agree with both Mario and Brownie. Um, but I guess the way that I would think about it is instead of saying restructuring, I guess it would be refocusing for me to make sure that as a department, and I guess this kind of like pulls everything that everyone has talked about, um, as a department that everyone is working cross-functionally, that students are equally as prepared in the entertainment aspect as well as the academic aspect. But again, that's exactly what everyone else has hinted on. So, I mean, I guess my job here is done because I agree. That's what happens when you go last, typically. 
I know that's the reason I want to go on this show. Man, I'm just saying. Especially on this show. Did, did anybody on this show? Did y'all take? Did y'all have a repair class or anything like that? Nah. So barely had strings. But instrument repair is taught through apprenticeship now. It's not, it's not yeah. in very many programs across the country at all. So technically, if somebody wants to get an instrument repair, they don't even have to go to college. They just have to get an apprenticeship with a master repair. You know, now there are schools that do it at Ohio State. Man, Ohio State is the gold standard when it comes to marching band resources. I ain't talking about performance, none of that. I'm just talking about resources. I went to Ohio State. They have a room in their building. First of all, their their marching band room is attached to the football stadium. It's a part of the football stadium. So they just march downstairs to go to the field. That's first of all. They have multiple band rooms. For the marching band. This is not the music building. The music building is across campus. Um, they have a repair site there that is probably it that room is huge. They get there, they do all their repairs on site. Somebody comes to them and uses the resources they have there. Wow. So they have each student gets two instruments. Each student gets two like this, like they get everything. They get the iPad. Like that to me is like the gold standard of resources. Whereas you have a band like, you know, some others I've dealt with where the students are more responsible for that. I think a lot of uh, schools still have the students paying band fees in college, if I'm not mistaken. You know what I'm saying? Like for your package and stuff like that. So at the end of the day, man, when we talk about how programs operate and, and for me, music programs is the whole program, like you said, Julie. You know, if you are sinking all your money into one thing, something else is going to struggle. So I think that, you know, what's important to schools, you, you'll you see. And you'll see through the presentation. When I go to UT, I know that Win Ensemble is important to them. Why? Because their Win Ensemble is everywhere. <laughs> they perform at TMEA, at, at Midwest. they all over the country. They're recording CDs, all that. So just depend on what your band holds to be important. And you sink all your resources into that. All right, cool. All right, on to the next topic. Hey, now uh, we getting popular again. We got another Russian bar. Yeah, I don't I know. <laughs> so I, don't... I saw it early. I I just was gonna let it rock. Yeah, we good. Just you got it. He's a gamma too. All right, here we go. Uh, let's keep it moving. Welcome everybody to talk that talk. We have the unfiltered, unscripted, uncomfortable conversation about band, HBCU band culture, music, music education, and more. Please make sure that you go ahead and click that like button. Uh, if you're just coming in, go ahead and click that like button. If you've been here and you've been inside the chat, hey, go ahead and click that like button too. All right. Also, if you're on the Facebook, go over to the YouTube page and make sure you subscribe to the network and turn on notifications. We're also on to our last topic. Uh, I'm going to make sure that I put the um, the link so you can call in with us in the chat as well as the description for the show. So if you can't find it in the chat, just go into the uh, description of the show, refresh your browser, and it'll be right there for you. All right. Here we go. Last topic. I brought this up on the after hours. Um and it kind of didn't go to, I mean, it went a lot of different ways, uh, but I want to bring it up today. Something that uh, it was brought up 
yesterday. So let's bring it up. Gender roles in band. Gender roles in band. Uh, if you need me to put give you a little bit more context, I don't mind. Just ask. But if you want it wide open, we can go wide open. Pause. <laughs> hey, let me let me go first, you. Let me go. Go ahead. Rick. Why aren't there more female band directors? I mean, I'm just I'm just being honest, y'all. Um, at the end of the day, there have been a lot of women that have come through these programs that are legit. Miss Sanders is dope as fuck. I'm sorry, Miss Sanders is legit. Miss Sanders is one of the best musicians I've ever heard play her horn. Miss Sanders is uh, she was our jazz band director. I love jazz band was my favorite ensemble I was in at Norfolk. You know what I'm saying, including the marching band. Why are there more female band directors? And I think it comes from a misogynistic place. I think that there are a lot of people that don't feel like women can do the job. I think Miss Sanders would be able to take any band. The reason why Norfolk sounds they, the way they do is because Miss Sanders. Miss Sanders has been doing music since we were in the band. Miss Sanders coming there, you already knew what you was about to get. Now, P kids at PV, they used to get mad at me because I used to run two, three measures until it was perfect. We got that from Miss Sanders. Miss Sanders would not. Oh, let that not be right. Like, go listen, y'all. You want to hear some of Miss Sanders' best work? Go listen to Norfolk State 2002 at A because she cleaned all that music. That half crazy Miss Sanders. I never forget Mario. I don't know if you and Julie remember this. The session she had with us on that hot in here with the articulation and stuff like absolutely. That. I, I was remember. in the trumpet section, bro. I we had to be in that. Bruh. We, we had the melody. Bruh, Miss Sanders hit that. Man, I will never forget that. Re- like, I, I didn't forget almost every rehearsal I've ever been in. I will never forget that rehearsal. Miss <laughs> Sanders up there. Dum, 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 dum. Oh, my goodness, Miss Like, and then you go listen to the recording, and that's exactly. Like, teaching syllables and all that. That was the first time I had seen that. And then I'm, I'm well, not the first. I had Mars drunk with, but whatever. At an HBCU level, that was the first time I had seen that. And I'm sitting there like, this lady is dope as fuck. So that's where I was coming from with it. And then in addition, like dope ass dudes on instruments that you wouldn't expect a man to be on. You know what I'm saying? Like that brother that was went to Southern. I heard he was a dope ass piccolo player. But I remember looking in the in the groups and they bashing that dude just because he's a large guy playing piccolo. Well, we can't we we don't need to talk bad about all these other things, but I can I can call that man everything but a child of God, you know, because he chose to play that instrument. Like gender roles, like HBCU bands, we got some involvement in this. And I'll get out right. there. I would love to hear y'all's opinions. So that's why I was coming from with y'all. Who jumping in there? My bad. I, I, I was doing the uh, link. All right. Uh, Maya, gender roles, <clears throat> gender roles in band. Don't look like that, Boo Boo Kitty. You were in a section where this gender roles conversation is huge right now. I mean, absolutely. Well, I mean, not even that, but let's, okay, let's take that and let's flip it, right? It's huge. When we talk about, not even pertaining to my section. 
when we talk about women in the band, what's the one of the first things that you hear? Or excuse me, I'm speaking from my perspective. There are no women in the band. Let's start there. That's number one reason why a lot of things are, I guess, in terms of women, may not be prominent. Because when we're put into the band, we're already de-escalated, de- or, uh, 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 our femininity or our, our standing as women, unless, unless you are in an auxiliary. That's the only time it is, ex- quote-unquote, acceptable for you to be a woman or um, of gender, of, of, of feminine gender, whatever that means to you, right? So let's start there. I mean, if we want to take it a step further, why are there not more uh, female drum majors like Ms. Sean said, female band directors, whatever the case may be? I mean, if we really want to get down to it, we're talking about HBCUs. So, yes, that means that that can be an, an encompass of different um, ethnicities, races, and things like that. But I'm going to talk about us, the Blacks. We the Blacks, okay? Yes, the Black woman is the what? She's the most unrepresented, unappreciated, belittled person in the world, right? So, automatically, when you think about stance, when you think about those positions opening up, not only do I have to get in line with these men. I'm not a black man. I'm a black woman. So I'm automatically the bottom of the barrel, barrel, barrel. So not only do I have to prove my worth, I have to prove my worth against these men and don't let it be any type of school or anything where there is a mass of different types of genders or races or whatever the case may be. I'm automatically put at the very bottom and nine times out of 10 being able to surpass those, whether I'm the most talented, most accurate, most achieved um, with the best credentials or whomever, it does not matter because I am woman. Now, if we want to talk about it, it doesn't just change. It, it, until women are appreciated in life in general and we're not looked upon as housemakers and belittled to, oh, can you cook and all that type of stuff, that is only the beginning of it. So until that happens, there's no hope for being able to have a larger representation of women being able to stand in the right of womanhood in the sense of the arts. Well, excuse me, not the arts. Let's say band specific. Because if we want to talk about dance, oh, yeah, because that's where you belong. As a woman, you belong over there twirling with your little tights on, with your little lid tied on, do, 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 do. Sure, fine. That's all up to you. No saying no man over there. Women, that's where you belong. But let's flip it. When it's time for me to play my horn, play my instrument, get on a drum or whatever. Oh, just give her the light sticks. Give her the little one. Give her the little drum. Give her the, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, that, I So, yes. I mean, I don't know if this is a question. There's very much gender roles in band, but it's just more so ignorance. And, I mean, I we can talk about that all night because that's just life in general, life as a woman, and especially life as a black woman. But you know, you know, I'm just happy to be here. Thanks so much for letting me, the small, the small one, be a part of the, the panel and the conversation. Let me speak my two. Hey, Eco. Hey. I see saying that good and well known. She the David Ruffin of this group. Ain't nobody <laughs> came to see y'all. <laughs> Absolutely. Ain't nobody came to see us. Ain't nobody came to see us. That is you already right. know everybody. Right, they get online. My, my mind has Luda Brand. My mind has Luda Brand, and these are the others. <laughs> that is. Hey, nice. Mario. As soon as you said that, that's when my screen clicked off. <laughs> <laughs> it just wanted to put you in the dark. Absolutely. All right, uh, Quan. Gender roles and band, bro. Um, 
so for me, I'm going to be honest. I don't, I'm not going to say I, I'm not aware of it, but I guess it, me as a band director, I just never operated from that mentality. The very first drum major that I had in my band was a, a, a young lady. Uh, and honestly, if you could do the job, do the job, bro. Uh, that's just my mindset. That that's that's really it. So gender roles, nah, I, I don't, I don't particularly care for that. Uh, now I would like to add from Rick's point when he was speaking about, uh, I guess you would say genderizing. I don't even know if that's a word, but instruments. Uh, I think, and there was some research on this. Uh, that I had a line brother do that this happens more particularly in the African-American culture than any other. Cause if you look at the Hispanic culture, honestly, they have uh, young men that plays flute clarinets, uh, an instrument that quote unquote will be uh, considered more uh, feminine than the not like they, they play flute. Like they don't have a problem. They'll play viola. They, they'll play, you know, clarinet. They don't have an issue with that. But I think when we speak about uh, historical black colleges, in particular men, you know, the heavier the instrument or a brass instrument, like that's more of a masculine, you know, type of instrument. And that only happens, you know, with us, we the blacks, quote unquote. So I think we need to we need to grow up. And that I word comes back again. Ignorance. That's all I have to say in regards to gender roles. But I do. I've heard of uh, Miss Sanders from my conversation with the, she's an outstanding director. I do appreciate the spotlight that um, uh, Dr. Roebuck at Gremlin has. I think it should be highlighted even more. It, is the lady still over? Uh, she's the director of bands at Mississippi Valley. No, she's in Las Vegas know. now, but she yeah. does um, consulting as well. Okay. So like, like even that, like I know, like I say, Dr. Tamisha uh, Brock, right. like, it's nothing for her. Very approachable. I hit her up on and, and gain some information from her. So, I mean, if you can do the job and you have, you know, the information, you have the information. Crystal is another one. You know, all of these, you know, women, these black women are great resources. I mean, and they know they crap. So yeah, I, I don't I don't operate like that. So. Um, and I do want to say I want to put this out there. Um, as y'all know, I'm. I will completely 100% confess every day that I'm an avid J5 fan. Uh, but I just wanted to put out there the young brother from uh, J5 uh, from Dallas. Uh, he went to Skyline High School, the uh, the uh, the Hispanic kid. Uh, he's a piccolo player. So I, I wanted to to put that information out there for those, those people who didn't know. Uh, so, yeah. Mario, this is probably going to be very interesting for you to answer this one because – of your background, brother. So, gender roles and band, Mario. Um, I don't know. I, I don't really want to touch this. I, I know it's uncut, but I just I can't really say what I want to say. I, I know it's like, oh, you got to. I just can't say what I want to say. So, I will say this. Um, everything should be led with respect. Everything, everyone, inclusiveness. Um, shouldn't even really be a word because if you respect somebody, where somebody meets, like what, who somebody is and what they represent, their their culture, ethnicity, whatever you want to call it, um, their sexuality, their preferences, whatever they want to be called, and all that stuff. It's just like, I mean, just leave people alone and respect them. You know what I'm saying? Like at like at the end of the day. Um, however, I have 
I struggle with this sometimes, and maybe some people can help me with this. Um, I don't believe in like what my dance instructor at my school doesn't. We um we've had males dance was dance was I actually had a um there's videos of the band uh one of our our, our dance captain was not captain but like the um, advisor was a, a male and um he he could, he could dance he was great so we just you know he was his issue wasn't dancing it was other things this is immaturity but the biggest issue with, that I see sometimes I'm just trying to figure this out that you don't we don't want to overly sexualize the idea of having women dress a certain way and then and and then you'll say well well could they wear different things and still have the same effect well then don't worry about what they're wearing and don't sexualize them and you just need to not be hormonal and get over this and the other but there's been admittance that the idea is some some in some aspects being sexual in movements and so it's like it's hard to to really put my finger down on how how that works within the dance sphere because the same people that maybe like women who have said certain things about not wanting to be sexualized and, and women being equal and all this other stuff will then also say they don't want a man dancing with them. So it's like men, I feel like in our culture in American culture, men, yeah, men, there's been bad black fathers. There's been absentees. There's been like misogynistic. There's been a lot of shit that men have been blamed for. But the real problem is that I think sometimes we're not allowing the evolution because I know a lot of positive brothers. But we always get looped back into the same effing person. Everybody doesn't think the same anymore, doesn't do the same stuff. But oftentimes we're always looped into this space where you're going to be looked at the same way no matter, you know, no matter what the time is. And I, I feel like that's a part of just like men do things incorrect. There's women who are doing things incorrect as well. And I'm not saying we're not blaming anybody, but I, I just want you to understand that this is not just a male problem because we frame it that way often like male men do this and they, and they're the reason for this. And I, yeah, historically you're absolutely correct. Historically, absolutely. But we have come into a time where there is things happening on multiple sides of the coin that create issue. The first Miss Spartan, I heard somebody put it in the, in the chat, Sean put it in the chat. The first Sp Miss Spartan from my time should have been Latoya Webb. She would have been an outstanding drummer. Absolutely. Major. It didn't have the shit to do with her just being a woman. She was a great musician, a great leader, and she's showing it now. She's Dr. Webb now. And we knew this then that she was dope as hell. Like, that was the misogynistic bullcrap that happened there. That was, that was bullcrap. But I've also had men who wanted to apply the hot ice Accent, accent for a while was dope. Yeah, right, accent right. Was so kicking. All, right, right. Yes. All I'm saying is that there's a double standard when it comes to the way men can be dogged out because there's so much history of being shitty. But I think, Mario, I think the biggest they can be, they have history of being shitty. They do. Men have history of being shitty. But currently... There, it's not a one-sided problem. That's all I'm saying. And that's well, Mario, I think the problem, I think the problem with the men and dance is a lack of creativity. Because when a lot of people say they don't want men in dance, what they see in their mind is a man out there in a leotard dancing in beside the women. But what, what if he did? But what if he did though? What if he did? So what? But the thing about it is, if you. I, HBCU band culture is the only place in the world where you can still be misogynistic, 
Right. You can bully people. You can right. be homophobic. You can be all those things. And it's widely accepted across the board. Right. We see this right. on a regular basis. Right. You'll see young men who are may have been born a woman and then it's now a man or vice versa. And people in HBC culture would be saying, man, that ain't, ain't no woman. That's a dude. That's only, I won't even say HBC band culture. I just know in these groups, I've seen it so many times where all of those things are accepted. Me personally, if I was put in that, to that situation, yes, me personally, I know that these ensembles have been traditionally women when it comes to, from the dancer perspective. That's why I was trying, I would love to hear Maya's uh, point of view. But for me, if I was put in that predicament, I could say, okay, times have changed. The country has changed. The world has changed. The Me Too movement happened. You can't right. put it back in the box. So for me, what I would say is, okay, I know that's happened. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this in an Alvin Ailey style. I'm going to have male ballerina women, but I'm going to actually think outside of the box and pick music and pick performance opportunities that highlight that fact. I will have interaction between the two. Yes, he can dance exactly the same way as them but then and here i'm gonna throw this there and i'm gonna throw i'm gonna be creative that's the problem and that's what i keep saying on this show the problem is we can only do our band one way and if we don't do it that way then oh the world is about to end like we talked about trey sauna people oh man you don't know what you're talking about okay i don't know what i'm talking about okay it's coming i'm telling you it's coming when i talked about kk sign tbs KK Psy is traditionally a fraternity. We all, most of us over here are in KK Psy. Right. KK Psy is a fraternity that is co-ed. You can't shove that back in the box. So how do we, Mario, you know I ain't lying. How many do, right. how do a lot of black bros look right. when they see females in the frat? Well, like, I mean, if, if you're going to talk about KK Psy, there's a couple of HBCUs that have, uh, that have, uh, females in uh, the chapters, and, and if I'm not mistaken, now you can't even start a chapter without without a female on the roster, right? right. Yeah, right. So it's like at the end of the day, it's coming, y'all. And we are as black people and black culture and HBCU band culture are not immune from what's happening in the United States. There I are. Go ahead. Go ahead, bro. I don't disagree with 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 uh what any one it what any of you are saying um I, I i the only way that i look at it is um the perception typically is it's going to be a dude out there in, in a leotard which i guess for many people throw throw their throw their perception off and they're like no nah, we ain't gonna have that you know i but i do think that what and i agree with what rick is saying you got to be creative you know, even when I look at the guys in, in uh, drum corps, um, when they are picking their uniforms and their outfits, they're picking something that is going to not only be conducive for the show, but that's also going to be con conducive for both genders. But so, they also don't single out the trans members. Absolutely. There, are, there are people that were born men that identify as women. I so they're women. So get over right. it. You don't have to agree with that. You don't have to believe, believe in the political side of it. But if a person is uh, female gender identifying, that ain't about you. That's about them right. and what makes right. them comfortable. Take your selfish self out of the situation. So I said leading, leading with respect in the first place. Right. Like respecting individuals for whatever standpoint they come from. You can have whatever 
Well, no, you can't. You know how people can say, uh, I was about to say, you can have whatever beliefs you want, but then your beliefs will bleed into your position sometimes. So <laughs> it'll bleed into your conversations and in the way you think and process, and it'll eventually be your bias. Over time, if if it's not initially, it over time, it can become that. But I, was, I agree with what you guys are saying. I think a big piece of this, when I was saying this, like literally you're watching all, t- I feel like high schools do this better than colleges. You'll see high schools with for the most part, yeah. Mixed, yeah, mixed gender, like all types of things going on. And it's like whatever. Like I, I what I was saying was I'm not looking at I don't and I'm not I'm not trying to be disingenuous with this. if I saw when I was in college, if I saw Bub and Brown Sugar, I'm not gonna act like I'm not seeing what I'm seeing. You know, I'm not gonna act like that doesn't that's not a that are, the women are not attractive. But I'm also not gonna sit here and act like Every time I look at a dance line, I'm like, oh, 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 like I'm like a horn dog. That's ridiculous, bro. Like it's still a craft. They're still dancing. It's still a skill set. So it's like I feel like there also needs to be some 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 learning in those spaces too. That like over sexualizing everything, and that's not just us. That's like the, like the world, man. We over sexualize the hell out of things, man. And it's and it's it's a difficult thing because while we're trying to, where some are trying to learn that, it's like a conflict of interest in the world, general culture. So you come into our band sphere and it's just a, a um, reflection of the rest of the world in terms of some of these biases and, and, and these little good old boy sections and like these little pockets of, of, of derogatory, you know, feelings and thoughts and, and spaces. And that's just a reflection of the world. You know what I mean? I was, just like I was... somebody asked me this question. I'm my last comment. I'm gonna let you go. Um, say that, bro. I, I was going to say, if somebody is racist, I'd rather know they're racist. I don't want you hiding. I want you to tell me so we can either have a discussion and agree to disagree, which we probably will obviously will, or we can find some way to have a medium meeting ground and we can learn how to respect each other in some uh, type of you know general way. But what happens is we have people who are so super like they're bashy in their personal lives and then they come in front of people and they try to act like they're not. And it bleeds over because you can see it. If everybody that does these things in your band all look the same way and people have tried to do these things, you can't sit here and say you're not if you're showing that you are. So if somebody can do the job, let them do the job. Like Quan said. Period. Um, before before you go, uh, my, I'm going to let you go. I just want to say, uh, Sean, I was definitely going to say the same thing. Yeah, me too. Uh, it, it, ended, it ends up always going to the dancer side when we have these conversations. Um, you know, I, I I think that all of this is conversations that need to be had, but I find it very interesting that it always does bleed over into the, uh, dancers conversation. Now, what I also will say is there is still some, and I think Maya brought it up earlier, uh, and I just kind of want to bring it kind of back, kind of bring it back up. There are still some gender biases as it relates to, uh, band directors and instrument selection. Um, in most cases, and, and I'm not saying, it, you know, everybody's like this, but I've seen it happen before. Oh, you're a girl. You play flute. You know, let's put you on flute. You got them little baby hands. You nice little cute little girl. Let's put you on flute. You know, and then you see that you see the big dude. And, you know, you, you got to play tuba, dog. You got you got to play tuba. You know what I'm saying? He might just be a dope clarinet player. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I got a I got a heavy set uh, young African-American male who plays clarinet in my band right now. And he's a really good player, but I've had to have conversations with him. I've had to pull him to the side because he himself has now been feel feeling 
like, well, I'm around a bunch of girls and I'm the black dude and all my friends play football and they make fun of me because I play clarinet, you know, and I don't know if I want to keep playing this and I want to quit because I don't want to be looked at as a dude who plays clarinet and I don't want to be looked at as like that. And I've had to have a conversation with him. It's like, yo, you, you play clarinet. You're a dope clarinet player. I have a good friend. One of my best friends is a clarinet player and he's dope. You know, and now he's out. I'm talking about I was talking about you, Mario, by the way. And I was like, but now he's out there gigging and, and you know, doing great things as a musician, man. So you can be great, man. Stop worrying about what everybody else is doing, because most of your friends didn't even make the football team. You were at least in the top band. You were in the top band at this school and you're a dope clarinet player. So you need to stop. Stop with that, man. Chill with that. So we didn't even know at Norfolk that I played clarinet. Unless you talk to you. Yeah, right. I was a euphonium section leader, and then concert band come, and I'm sitting first chair at clarinet. clarinet yep. Yeah, yeah and it threw me off my freshman year, because I was like, this dude play clarinet? I ain't, I see. I ain't, because I had, I had never really seen, you know, uh, too many clarinet players. But uh, again, that goes back to what we were speaking about, about culture. That goes back to, it goes back to culture, bro. That's true. That's true. Uh, Maya, I know you had something that you were going to say. Go ahead. I mean, at this point, I, I don't even know. There's there are so many things. Like, yes, we we ended up talking about everything going back to Dan Fonz, but I just want to take it back to the larger picture, band in itself. Just well, let me let me go back. Gender roles in band, is this a question? Was it a statement? Or was this just strictly an open book to be able to fulfill or, or make it what you think before uh, I get further? Well, I, I could have give, given some kind of ground to it, but we kind of took it and ran with it. So it just became very open. So sure. we'll, we'll just leave it wide open. So the thing is, like, it's easy for... And I, I think that the, the one of the reasons why... And no disrespect, like we are, we're just having a conversation. I think one of the easiest ways for the, the, the conversation to always pinpoint or always backtrack back towards dance lines is because it's the easiest thing to pinpoint because I think subconsciously we think that is where quote unquote women belong. Like that is where we've seen, not necessarily belong. I don't want to say it like that, but that's where women have been the most quote unquote prominent. That's where we see over and over and over that's where okay if a woman is in a dance line there's no thought about it it doesn't make any sense however if a lady wants to get on the drum line or she wants to get and be in the k or be in the tube section it's like okay let me see what you got like let me see if you even got the chops to even let let us even have this conversation nevertheless taking it a step further and going into a step of leadership right if we want to talk about from our own perspective one of the hardest Section leaders that's ever come through the storm, man, woman or not, was Shonda Mack, in my opinion. From my day, from something that I can truly reference, was Shonda Mack for a plethora of reasons. But if I could say that I'm sure, well, one, Shonda is different in her own right to be able to demand respect. It's the fact that she didn't have to demand respect or just being in band in general, you have to demand a particular type of respect or be able to showcase, I am talented for these reasons and I deserve to be here as opposed to it just being innate. 
you're whether you're woman, man, gender, however you represent, whatever you identify as, instead of it just letting your talent or your motivations or your passion speak for themselves, I have to associate with a particular level in which I can then be identified or placed within, whether it's a section or a program or whatever, based off of the the. I don't even know how to explain it. Um, just just based off of norms. And I mean, honestly, if we're going to be honest, there are gender norms within the band as well, just like there are gender norms in, in, in life. This is a, a male ran world. So just as easy as you can say, like, yeah, it's easy, you know, like you should let people have whatever, but that's not realistic, right? So the same person that says, oh, a man can't be in a dance line or a woman can't play a tuba will be able to identify and say, well, yeah, I know the difference between a Democrat and a Republican. So you understand that there are differences in opinions. You understand that there's a difference in value. But when you place that and put a gender on it, it becomes a little bit different. My bad, y'all, my phone going on. Um, but again, like th this is an endless conversation. It's just more so, again, as a woman, I mean, I just, I've, I've been living it this long. <laughs> To be able to be a part, to be able to be seen, to be able to be notable, to be able to have reference, to be able to be considered or even justified, I not only have to prove my worth, but then I also have to debunk what it is to take to stand in the same stance as a man, whether white, black, or whomever. So it's all of those things. And I think that it's a long progression. As much as I'd like for us to say that we're in the norm or we're in the realm of being inclusive and for it not to matter of whether you're a man or a woman to be able to be in the band program, be a leader, be a, a section leader, a band director, whomever, I think that that's very far-fetched just because uh, until women begin to get the respect that they deserve, we deserve, it just, it's, 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 it's an uphill battle. And that's very biased because I am woman. She is me. She it. <laughs> uh oh, now I gotta get it. Oh. Hear me, hear me roar, drop. Very uh, much uh, so. <laughs> uh, somebody's about to say something. My bad. Chief. Yeah, I was just gonna quickly say. I, well, obviously, what I'm gonna say doesn't have anything to do with HBCUs in the South. I'm talking about a high school up north. So my high school experience, I grew up with women doing everything guys were doing. My band director was as a woman and I, she was the hardest, most aggressive person that I had known in my life besides my mother who was aggressive as hell. So, I mean, I, I grew up around maybe just Detroit was maybe just a little different. I don't know. I don't know. I can't speak for everybody's upbringing and how they experience things, but like the women who were really, I'm not talking about like, they had to be guys and all this stuff. I'm talking about they were doing the percussion style in the style that they were supposed to be playing. And then when they weren't, they were doing their own lady thing, however they wanted to present themselves. And that was fine. I didn't, I just didn't have that experience until I got to college. To be honest, I didn't see a lot of the gender issues until I got to college because I saw all type of things. Um, in my high school experience was, it was really dope. Like to be able to see, women in charge of stuff and women like Deanna Carpenter. She went to fam 2000. She was a drum major at the band uh, 2000 to uh, Desiree Ward. She was two sectional leader. Oh, one. She came to Norfolk. 
um, Janina, Janina Lockley. She was assistant section leader. Um, Andrea Holly, drumline section leader. These are people who went to high school with me. So I'm used to women leading. I wasn't, it wasn't like a thing where this woman has to be in this category and they weren't getting respected. That was not my experience. The reason I mentioned dancing is because those are the areas where there is usually no diversity in my experiences. And that was just coming from my, you know, maybe small worldview or whatever. Um, Cause I can, I'm only speaking from like my high school experiences and then some stuff I saw in college. So, you know, I don't know if it's different in Texas. I don't know high school band in Texas. So I'd have to be around that type of vibe or ask you guys, because you know more than me about that. So that's why I'm coming from that perspective because I don't, I don't see it the same way. I didn't see that bias in high school. I didn't see it at all. I saw it when I got to Norfolk though. No, I agree. Like, I, that's just the difference. Welcome to Texas. Welcome to, to the South, where things are yeah. Flipped. I Here, can, I can only imagine the dance lines can very much be diverse. Whereas a woman, a woman is supposed to sit down, shut up. Is my breakfast on the table when I get up in the morning? Welcome to the South. I mean, and we're oh, but we're dealing with a lot of firsts, right? Like PV just right. had their first Hispanic band director. I mean, uh, drum major. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. In, in Texas? In Texas. Oh. <laughs> in Texas. Girl, uh, but, but before you go on that, Rick, I got I to gotta hey. really say this. I don't really agree with that, man. And there, I, I guess the reason why I don't agree with that is because I came, like, first of all, I came from a high school where my head drum major my first year was, was, a, was a female. As a matter of fact, I had five drum majors my first year. Three of them were female. I had a female assistant band director. Like, if you even think about it, Back in the day, when they made them old drum major uniform daddies, they cut the short daddies for the females. You had a long pants for the males, and then you have the the short daddies for the females. And I was used to seeing females as drum majors. If I remember correctly, uh, back in the day, I think it was either Madison. It may have been Madison. And Madison in Houston, not Madison in Dallas. Madison, and matter of fact, Madison and Dallas had female drum majors. Um, and I learned that from the history of when I worked there. But I think it was either Madison or it may have been Worthen or Yates. One of them, they had female drum majors. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I if I can get down with the whole it's a Texas thing because I saw no, the. No, I don't. I agree. I was being a little bit uh, dramatic. I mean, I went to Townview. You know what oh, I'm saying? Miss Melissa yeah. Washington is the assistant band director. I had she's the band director. I had yeah. one band director where it was a um, a Hispanic lady. She was one of my uh, one of my drum uh, drum majors. So, uh, coming from where I come from, yes, I am more so used to it. But I'm thinking on a more like a larger scale. When we look at when I got to PV, one of the first things I heard as a crab, ain't no females in the band, ain't no women in the band, and then going from that on. So maybe that is culturally, but also maybe it's more of a not necessarily a demographic, but maybe that's the difference like we were talking about between high schools. And colleges themselves, you know, stuff get real particular when we talk about HBCUs and the way things are supposed to be. Whereas when we think about the lower levels, um, high school, oh shit, damn, mm. high school, middle school, and all that type of stuff, things are a lot more inclusive. They're a lot more diverse. However, when we get up to HBCU bands, it's kind of very one track or very like one step off, and that's where we have, that's where the change has to occur. Yeah, well, I can agree with that because I definitely I've in the past I've been known to, t- to say that ain't no females in the band. I've said that in the past. I ain't gonna well, lie about that. Right. Because- so and and and, and to, to piggyback kind of like what you're saying, Julian, I think we we had 
first of all, in the box, I mean, we, we've had a, a female sex leader uh, out of the box. Um, and then most recently, I think she uh, she marched a few years jazz. She was kind of like the sexual leader of uh, MSD as well. What I think that comment, because I've heard it coming up at PV as well, there's no females in the band. When they said that, it wasn't a slight against the female. It was like, hey, we're not about to go any lighter on you. It's like we're all the same. And I think... Uh, sure, I agree with that too. You that, know what I'm saying? To me, that's worse. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that justifies. I can see that too because it's like, well, a woman gonna bitch and moan. Ain't no bitching and moan. Right. And you're assuming that by being a female, that means you're soft. Like Mike no, no, said, no. It wasn't, like that's that's what how I interpret it. Quite maybe. Right. Right. No, 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 no. And you're right. And but but that's that that kind of goes to like our first question in regards of the differences of opinions. Because like I say, the way you received it. I didn't receive it like that, but I may not have received it like that because I'm, I'm a dude. You know what I'm saying? So I know when, because we had females in the drum section, my several crab sisters, Shonda Mackey is my crab sister. So I think, um, yeah, like, and, and, I, and I think honestly, Prairie View has had leaps and bounds in setting the trends in regards of those things. Cause I remember, uh, you know, big sister Adrian Rowe was the first Adrian Rowe? female, what you know, of of HBCUs, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's big. I mean, of course, now I, I in my opinion, should we see more of that? Absolutely. Because my again, it goes back to if you could do the job, just do the job. But I think yeah. like there's there's a couple things, and I'll I'll be brief. <laughs> Is that what was that, bro? <laughs> that was Ju- Julian and his weak ass mic. But anyway, uh, <laughs> there, juice. right? There's a couple of things, y'all. Like, first, I want to address what Maya and Sean brought up. I just to add on to what Mario said, too. Okay. Maya, in addition to Mario saying it's the, it's the least diverse, I think it's also where you've seen the most pushback. I don't see any HBCUs today saying. Women can't be in charge. Matter of fact, a lot of school are having their first, like Jackson had their first J5 female member a couple of years ago, right? You know what I'm saying? Like 14, 13, right. something like that? No, 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 no. J5 did not have a first back in the 14s. J5 had a first in 03. Oh, and sorry about that. Yeah, it was it was sorry way before me. Thanks ahead, for correcting me. Yeah, so, no, you good, you good. I feel you. My only thought to yeah, that, that is it. My only thought to that is, are we seeing that because it's being forced now that it's being pressed upon us that you must be inclusive, just like we were having a conversation of millennials pushing back on the current generation and moving forward or Gen Z, X, Y, whomever, or is it because it's actually warranted and it is appreciated? Now, it could be a little bit both, but that is my only caveat. But I don't think it matters, right, Maya? I think now that we're actually having a conversation about seeing women in positions of leadership, seeing women in positions that have historically not, they've been extremely underrepresented, which is why I started with the question, why aren't there more HBCU band directors that are women? Because, you know, I think about it, when I think about it, even all the women directors that have been were at very small schools. 
Facia at um, Virginia Union, Juliet yeah. at Elizabeth City, um, uh, Tamisha at Mississippi Valley. You know the the um, the lady that's at um, um, Grambling right now. She's she's really like she broke the glass ceiling because she's the one that you know. So I, I'm that's why I started that way. I don't think it matters how the conversation started. I think it's important that we're having a conversation. I think it needs to be for everybody, which is the reason why I. I said it because, like Mario said, we got to think about all underrepresented people. That's women, that's trans people, that's gay, you know, that's that's whatever that is, the LGBT community. Like, as as the blacks, like you like to say, as the blacks, these are very taboo conversations in our community as general. And you brought it up yourself, Maya. These same people that are up here um, being super liberal and all this stuff, a go black people, vote Democrat, would be the same person that will be the most closed-minded person you ever met in your life. Yeah, I, You know, I'm super liberal, but I don't believe in, in that, this, that, this, and that. You know, right. like, you can't, you can't sway on both sides of the fence. And then the last part I'll say is this. It's our goal to have our our um needs met or is it to have the needs of these kids met because no matter what their that identity may be these are children these are 19 20 well not children young adults, young adults. 19 20 21 year old people they are they don't have the life experience that i have i'm 39 i can't expect a 20 19 21 year old okay. <laughs> right right <laughs> i can't expect them to to have the experiences that i have me now, as a 39-year-old, if I don't know something, I'm not calling my peers. I'm calling somebody that's been where I'm trying to go. You know what I'm saying? So I think as a people, we need to do a better job of, of being in the business, in the people business, and creating situations right where people want to be a part of what we're doing, but also in the process, understanding that things are going to change around us. The things that we represent now, 50 years from now, God willing, we all still here. And, you know, things are going to be different. As an 89-year-old man, I'm going to be a lot different then, hopefully, as I am now. You're going to be you know holding a colostomy bag. Right, right. You know, young fella. <laughs> you know, it's going to be hella different. I'm 79 years in the front, young yeah. fella. This is <laughs> how we did it in my day. Let me shut this out for you. Ugh, I feel oh, no, you. I feel you. And those are that's a very uh, my, my final thoughts. Oh. What? I was saying you got the final thought. What I'm giving it to you. All right, fine. Like, Damn, final you got else to say. Can you show wow. me? Huh? I will not be in the in the midst of this lack of liberation. You go ahead, Maya. <laughs> Ball tech. I was just Ball I was tech. I was going to be not necessarily a pessimist, but I was going to do devil's advocate on the way in which I do. And th- maybe this is a personal problem, but we're just bringing it to the table, right? So, yes, what you're saying is valid. However, there is a sense of me, just like if we talk about affirmative action, just as we talk about being the um, the culture count in work or whatever the case may be, I do still think, yes, we. it is necessary, no matter what the reason or the bottom line is for us to be able to be open um, to be more inclusive and more direct in our decision making of who can have what titles, whether it's gender based or whatever the case may be. But I do still think that we are in the times of which I want to be I want to be president because I deserve mm, I don't want to be president. I want to be whomever 
in this this level of leadership because I deserve, because I beat everyone else. I am the most talented. I am the best person for the position. Not because, oh, let's say just like all the, 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 the companies in June, they go ahead and change their logos to be inclusive, to, to, to be flags and uh, colorful flags and whatever so they can meet, seem as if they're com- inclusive to the LGBTQIA+. Community when really they're not because in July they go right back and flip it forward. But to be accountable for the overall um, look of the thing, they want to be inclusive for that nature. That's what I'm saying. I still do think that there is a piece of that that says, okay, hey, let her be drum major or hey, let her be this or hey, let him or whomever. There is still a piece of that. Now, again, you're right. The fact that we're opening up, no matter what, that is helpful. That is a step forward for the overall culture. But I do still think that there is a piece of it that has to identify with, hey, we want to be seen as inclusive. We want to be seen as doing our part. We want to be seen by the masses as being inclusive and direct. So go ahead and put her up there or go ahead and put them up there or however they identify or whatever the case may be, or I have to have a particular count. I need to have at least 10 uh, 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 female sections leaders so it look like we're doing what the what the hell we're doing. But in the background, we don't like we're going to undermine them when it comes time because we don't really value them as such. We just need it for the counts. And again, maybe you cannot relate because you may not have lived. You Actually, you have lived it in a different light as being a black man. Y'all have lived it in, to some degree. But right now we're talking about the women's, okay? The black women's. And so I'm I'm just being honest. That is a, that is a portion of it. That is very much true and realistic. I'm sorry, Jew. I, I know just, we got to go. I, yeah, I, go ahead, I know Mario. we got to go, but I, want, I got a quick comment. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, too, yeah, come on. This, hey, no, no, no. Hey, no. Hey, this, hey, is hey, in a, hey. this is in agreement. This is no, in agreement. No, I'm just saying it's getting good. Like, this is this is. Yeah, no, this is, this is, this is, what you're talking about is why we keep getting NFL and NBA owners caught up. They don't truly believe in the stuff that they be putting out in their their organizations. They get caught up on these phones saying N I G E R this and that, and I don't you know like and they're trying to. They don't really believe the propaganda that they're putting out. So what you're saying is like though it is important, as Rick said, to get people in the seats in some way. Like that's almost like early affirmative action. We needed to get people in the seats so we can at least start the conversation. But there's also a point of the type of people that are getting there based on merit alone and, and being able to be valued because they are good, period. Right. Stop. That's it. Right. I, I, and right. That's all I wanted to say. Come on. Hey, 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 Rick. Last one. Last one. Go. Ain't this what the show is about? Whoa, 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 whoa. Last Don't tell one. me what to do. <laughs> Last I'm a woman. One. I'm a I was trying to end on you, Maya. I was going to give you the hand clap and everything. Chief came in and took your thunder. Go ahead, Rick. I'm agreeing with her. Go ahead, Rick. I ain't take no thunder. I'm agreeing with her. I don't want to hear. Go ahead, Rick. But that, I, I, we can throw it. I'll throw it back to Maya so Maya, you can close it. But here, here's what I'm going to say. That's why I wanted to talk about this, y'all. It is frustrating to me to see all these talented women. Mario brought up the person that I had in mind by even bringing this topic to Julia. It does my heart so much. It gives me so much joy to see my homie Toya down there killing it at, at uh, UT. Toya. <laughs> That's enough, Jesus. Uh-huh. <laughs> but Toya just presented at 
at um, Midwest. Midwest. Yeah. Toya is presenting all across the country. And I've talked to Toya about that whole drum major situation at Norfolk. And she she is over it, but that imagine being, right. I can only yeah. imagine that feeling to her knowing you were the best person and not being given the opportunity. So at the end of the day, I think it's important that we um that we place this topic in the lexicon because at the end of the day, if we don't have these type of conversations. They're not going to get had. We're going to still be talking about your band suck. Your band is this. Your band is that. I want to see some of these talented women. I need to see Miss Sanders in charge of a band. She should have already been, but we'll talk about that later. Hello. Um, But, you know, all these dope ass women, you know, that are in this field that are doing it at a high level. And a lot of people in the, the comments have said it. And Maya, I'll throw it back to you to close this out. But it's a lot of these white women that are in these positions already. You know what I'm saying? And they've been given the opportunity. It's time for us to see some of our sisters in these positions of leadership. And like Maya said, don't make it a token position. And then you set the lady up for fear. That's why I said majority of the women I've seen in these positions have been at smaller schools, you know, so kudos and, and it's still killing it. Facia been at, at union for years. Shout out to Facia. Same thing with Juliet. Juliet been all across the country. That band in Portsmouth I was telling y'all about, Norcom, Juliet was the band director there. You know, so it's a National lot of- National champion. National yep. champion. So it's a lot of dope-ass women out there that's killing it. And I think it's important that we have these conversations. And also, like we always, I always say, while also loving something, being able to be critical of it and helping us get better. So Maya, kudos to you, homie. And I'll throw it back to you so you can close this out so Julian will leave us alone. Appreciate it, big dog. All I'm going to say is, and we need more men who are going to be allies in the sense of women be in their due placements. And when something happens, if shit fails, because the first thing that's going to happen is they're going to be like, well, she's a woman and she did it. We need more allies as black men, as men in general. We need more allies for these women and let the women do the work because where women exist shit gets done and shit gets happened. And I'm just going to leave it at that. Thank you so much. Hear you, hear you. We appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Your time. Hello, Rick putting on Rick putting on the praise music. Hold up, I got you. All right. <laughs> so the reason why I, I one the reason why I wanted to kind of bring it to a close is because we've been hitting it for a minute. But two, uh, because I do think that this is a conversation that needs to be had on um on a different show. Um and so uh, we are gonna have that show coming up very soon. Uh I wanna say within uh well, not December, but, you know, working through it through January, uh, having a show where we are going to have these major discussions. Uh, so I'm going to tell all of our viewers to look out for that post when that comes out, uh, because we're definitely going to have that specific show that's going to come up. So please look for that. That's why I say you got to go ahead and hit that subscribe button and turn on the notifications, because I'm telling you, like, I, I, like I've said before in the past, we got a lot of great stuff coming up. Um, 
we we have a, a lot of things coming up a lot of good shows and we about to have some merch we got some merch coming but uh we i'm a hold off on that uh talking about that we probably gonna we gonna bring that up uh rick we good next week bring up the merch next week all right we'll bring up merch next week my you good with merch next week okay got you all right so we'll we'll bring out the merch next week uh but yeah we got a lot of stuff coming up and i want to make sure that all of our viewers and all the people who support us and continue to support us uh are on the ground floor when all that happens so please make sure that you go over to the network on youtube subscribe to the network turn on notifications also continue to click that like button man uh i always say that i want that like those likes to match the number of viewers that we have man and we've had a good number of viewers in here um but uh, we want to make sure that we click that like button to get those uh, likes up. All right, let's get ready to get on out of here. Let's get ready to get on out of here. All right, look, Mario, like, I'm trying to stay up, dog. God damn. <laughs> Mario um, in that 2K daddy. That's what Mario doing. No, he not. I am not. I'm sleepy he as not. hell. You see these I, eyes, bro? Yeah, I, I knew that he wasn't doing that. I, I could Mario will be hitting that straight tip. Ain't no after party, man. Oh no! It ain't, ain't no after party. That was the other reason why I had to shut it down. Me and my, me and my wife got a date tonight. Uh, Matrix, the Matrix drop. Matrix dropped tonight on HBO Max, brother. Y'all tripping if y'all ain't on that? I'm That's what the key is calling now. The major, you about to put you and your body about to go to the Matrix. I want to have intercourse <laughs> with you. Time to drop them grills. <laughs> 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 Ain't no grits tonight. This is this is straight. I'm watching the Matrix. I the Matrix will not be watching me. I'll be watching the Matrix tonight. So I'm yeah. letting you know. You better drop that so, deuce. Red pill on the blue pill is all I got to say. Red pill or blue pill. There you go, my yeah. Red pill or blue pill. You know he's looking at blue pill. Hey. You know you taking oh. that blue pill. <laughs> he has slow clap. Thank you. HBO Max talking about you still watching? Nah, I'm good. Are you still watching? Hey, I don't know. About Macaroni and watching, cheese. He's watching HBO yeah. Max. He watching real talk. He always <laughs> booty talk fifty seven. <laughs> I'm letting you know now. I am watching the Matrix. <laughs> the Matrix is not That's watching. The Matrix in another dimension. Oh, right. <laughs> That's what's called. That, that will not be happening tonight. I'm just letting you know. I've been I've been hyped up about this Matrix. I've seen Spider Man, Daddy. Now I'm gonna go hit this Matrix, Daddy. All right, so uh, hey, that Spider Man was talking about something. That, 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 that Spider Man yeah, was crazy. That Spider Man is the truth. Uh, ain't no spoilers here. We ain't doing that. Uh, but before we get out of here, no, I mean, uh, it was no. <laughs> before we get out of here, though. Uh, Quad, any final thoughts? Anything you got for the culture, bro? Nah, man. Uh, first, first and foremost, happy new year to everybody. Merry Christmas, happy new year, happy Kwanzaa. Uh, and also, y'all be careful, man. It's uh uh omicron variant it's, it's something real man so you know be safe mask back up man all right chief any final thoughts anything you got for the culture um just similar to what kwan said about that uh omicron man uh marion joint out here getting folks bro real talk i um everybody in my house we all getting tested man i went and got tested i'm 
not feeling too great, but I was on here rocking the night with us. Um, so I, I don't know, doing the best we can to make through. Um, we had our spring concert. We had our winter pep rally. And uh, that was really great. So I was really happy for that. But more importantly, one of my um, graduates that has graduated in May from Norfolk State University, um, she is applying to NYU. Um, she wants to do film scoring. So I'm excited. And I'm, I'm so excited. This is just promoting. We were talking about black women. And I'm really, really excited for her and her future. So look out for another amazing young black woman. The bricks. And also, real quick, uh, Mario, shout out to you, brother, for having uh, A&T come up to your school, man. I saw oh, yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I had to mention that, too. Appreciate it, bro. I forgot about yeah. that. Shout out to Shuni Ari, man. My homegirl, Shuni, man. She set it up for me, man. I got a chance to talk Talk to Dr. Ruff, man, and meet the meet the uh, band members, and they talk right. to our students. It was a great, great time, man. Um, you know, I, they came in at eight o'clock in the morning. Eight o'clock in the morning, they came in and did a performance and was hyped in the mug, man. Our kids had to catch up, so they was turned, and I was just like loving that they were showing our kids that you know you can have that energy. So I want to I stop there, but shout out to North Carolina Ante um, State University Blue and Gold March Machine. They came in, the Science Park, and did their thing. Behold. Respect. Respect. All right. What's good, Ma? Uh, Maya, what you got? I mean, listen, today was a good show. Again, we're doing what we got to do, putting our money where our mouth is, putting our words and our opinions where our mouth is, and trying to progress everyone forward. Just everyone, you know, do what you can. Can what you do. All of that. Happy holidays, and thanks so much for tuning in, as always. Yeah. Rick, any final thoughts? Anything you got for the culture? Yeah, I got a couple of things. First of all, shout out to my rookie sister, Shuni. Mario already gave her the shout out, but that's my rookie sister. You know how 2000 does it. You know, um, amazing. Um, secondly, 2000. Maya. Maya. Hey, 2000? Yeah, my rookie year was 2000. All right. My rookie year was 2000. But any, uh, Maya, that damn dog spoiled. You've been rocking and patting that damn dog all night. This is my baby. This is my child. I see. I see. We all see that dog. He just, he, oh, she just probably snoring like hoops. (laughs) But anyway, um, Mm -hmm. some dope music. So y'all, I don't know if y'all been seeing these on like Instagram, but you got like these art, like these really good singers that are like doing these duets with each other. You need to get your phone out and you need to get on uh, Instagram right now and print her. But Ashley J is super dope, man. This lady can sing her tail. But that lady she was just singing with is who I wanted to tell y'all about. Her name's Roland. She has an EP that just dropped. But like hearing female tenors, man, I just love that vocal range uh, for women. You know, out really altos into the tenor range. So my recommendation for today is go check out Roland's new um, EP because it's super dope. And go check out um, Ashley's uh, Instagram page because she's going to bless you. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Like I always end support black, keep us uplifted in your thoughts and prayers. Keep, you know, our community moving forward, man. We, we, we are our own savior and we need to look at it as such and, uh, continue to support these students and put your money where your mouth is. You want to see your band get better? Support it. So that's it. Love y'all, man. Have a good night. All right. And then finally, 
really mine. And then finally for me, man, the only thing I want to say, man, is just happy holidays to everybody. Whatever it is that you celebrate, more love to you. Please make sure that you're you're being safe while you do it. Uh, that Omicron variant is definitely out there. And, and please make sure that you're masking up and doing all of the things you need to do to stay protected, even if that means that you just need to stay in your house the whole time. Uh, but do whatever it is that you need to do to continue to to uh feel safe other than that please make sure once again that you subscribe to the network also please make sure that when you go back and watch this show if you caught it from the middle and you go back and watch it from the beginning make sure that you go ahead and click that like button uh there will there will be content that will be posted all the way up and through christmas uh through, uh, through the christmas time also please make sure you turn on notifications and you catch all of the amazing things that we have on the network thank you for tuning in to talk that talk Find us on social media outlets and YouTube at Real Talk That Talk. Talk That Talk is a brand of the Passion Is Network. You can contact Passion Is at passionis1919 at gmail.com. If you would like to contact the panel of Talk That Talk, email us at realtalkthattalk at gmail.com.